Hello, beautiful people. It is Thursday, June 9th, 2022, and this sports show shall begin right now. Yeah. Hope you all are fantastic, and we can't thank you enough for watching along here in the afternoon on the Eastern Standard Time, maybe the morning in Pacific Standard Time, and then all the other time zones. You can do the math from there, but we appreciate you so, so much. Today's show is Huge. Huge. Oh, yeah, yeah. we got some hockey talk uh, happening what? in about 17 minutes hockey. because the New York Rangers will take on the Tampa Bay Lightning in a 2-2 series back in the world's most famous arena. Madison Square Garden tonight. Mike Rupp will join us, host of That's Hockey Talk. You, Works Robert. for NHL Network, former Stanley Cup champion. Right. Ian Rappaport will join us in the second hour to talk about the details of this new Cooper Cup deal, Aaron Donald's deal, what's going on with Deshaun Watson, the NFL, uh, things being sold, things not being sold. I guess somebody, allegedly, the owner of the Sixers, Josh Harris or something, it is being reported that he was going to make a $5 billion offer to win the Denver Broncos in this blind auction that had taken place. He didn't think that would be enough to win and was told that wasn't going to be enough to win. Then, boom, Robson Walton comes in with a four six five billion offer gets the deal now there was details to this as it was being described by mike florio of pro football talk that josh josh harris decided that he didn't want to run up the price either with old robson walton because he is going to be in the market for a team in the future so why set the precedent right now uh, what we're saying is are there any teams that are going to be up for sale soon after seeing the 4.65 billion dollar mm-hmm. check cash two-pocket exchange that happened with the Denver Broncos. We'll ask Ian Rapport in the second hour at 1.20 p.m. Eastern. Okay. okay. Then the third hour, guess what? What? First timer on the show. Whoa. What? First timer. Who? Don't think I've ever met this person in real life, only okay. on the internet. Huh. Alex Caruso. Wow. Of the cool. Chicago Bulls, former NBA champion with the Lakers of Texas A&M. He was potentially put into jail. Oh, That's yeah. right. Because mm-hmm. he had some lingering dope in his mm. travel bag while That's going right. through an airport. I believe that is where we became um, acquaintances. I got a chance to chat with him yesterday on the mm-hmm. phone before this. I think we're going to have a great convo with him. And how could we not with what happened last night in despicable Boston, Massachusetts? Yeah. Yes. Oh, and also, fuck Boston Connor <laughs> and at Ty Schmidt here at the uh, Toxic Table. Can't thank you boys enough for being here every single day. Connor, you got dunked on by an eight-and-a-half-year-old yesterday named Owen uh-huh. uh, from Connecticut. That went on to make TMZ. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was interesting. 8,000 retweets, the tweet of the uh, video of Owen dunking on you. Such good poise, mm-hmm. confidence, and then finding the right time for a misdirection dunk on you yeah. after all the years of shit that you have talked on the state of Connecticut. Yes. It felt like he was speaking for a lot of people in the world. You know, embraced and rejoiced seeing you get dunked on like that. You were openly and have commented on the situation as saying, this is what life is like when you live under the rim. Boom. Because you take a lot of shots yourself, mm-hmm. and you're always playing some defense. That's right. Hey, I'm trying to get my swats, and I always will. You know, if I, shitting on Connecticut, am going to produce more Owens, then you're welcome, Connecticut. Yeah, your whole entire state's kind of changing a little right now, and I can't help but pat myself on the back for doing that. Congrats, Connor. Thank you. Anytime, guys, I don't need your applause. I just need, you know, the governor of Connecticut, maybe the senator to say thank you because now his state might not suck going forward. I thought you were potentially going to try to run for governor of Connecticut. No, never. Mm. I I, I still hate that place. I still absolutely despise it. I always will, always have. But, you know, 
it's kind of turning around if there are more Owens down there, and hopefully that will continue to be kind of the M.O. of Connecticut. Okay, so this leads perfectly into a New England issue that happened last evening. Sure. Mm-hmm. At Ty Schmidt, I know you're going to love this. At Tone Diggs, one half of the hammer. Done. Cowboys, can't wait to get your take on this situation last night. The people in TD Garden last mm-hmm. night. Okay. You know, the New England fan base, known to be, you know, a very gentle and welcoming fan base. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Known to be not very into the sports at all. Well. Not very passionate. No. You know, more like laissez-faire. So what happened sure. last night at TD Garden came to a surprise, came as a surprise to all of us. All of us, mm-hmm. yeah. I was surprised to hear about this. Yeah. As I was watching the game in Boston, Massachusetts, filled with mass holes and New England humans, mm-hmm. I couldn't believe my ears. Oh. Yeah. Fuck you, Draymond. What was that about? Fuck you to other people. Not cool. There was kids in the crowd. Mm -hmm. Clay Thompson had to address it after his best game of the finals. He fucking said, oh, way to go, Boston. Yeah. Yeah. Real classy with kids in the the stands. Draymond Green's wife said, my kids were there. (laughs) In Boston screaming, fuck you to their dad. Calling him a bitch. Calling him a bitch. Jesus. Do you have anything to say for the despicable actions of those that were in the garden last night supporting your Boston Celtics that you're hanging a flag right in front of the desk, right in front of you? You want to be associated with that despicable, disgusting, Mm -hmm. rude, obnoxious fan base that normally is never like that no. at all. No. What are your thoughts on maybe this big heel change uh, for the Boston Celtics and Boston fans in general? Yeah, I think it'll go down as one of the greatest performances by Boston fans in the history of the fanhood. <laughs> I think right below that is probably cheering for Tom Brady and then booing the shit out of him as soon as he walked out when the clock started and the game begun. I mean, what do you want? Okay, it's the NBA Finals. We're not in some fucking regular season game where nothing's going on. Draymond tried to pull Pull Jalen Brown's pants down. You think kids want to see some grown man's ass? Hey, Golden State, Golden State would never do that. I see no, that in two or three <laughs> well, different posts. They sorry. would never do that. Of course That's not. the difference. That's the difference. Sorry. Boston's just full of dogs. And unfortunately, feels like Golden State's not. Dogs? Uh, no dogs. You choose. I choose dogs. Too many cats out here. Exactly. Meow, yeah, shooting the ball. Meow. It's not a pretty game. We okay? need more dogs. dogs. Right. Who was that? Coastal uh, Carolina? Yeah, Coastal Carolina. <laughs> sorry, that got... Uh, Completely off track there. Um, (laughs) That's the environment, by the way. And I'm not Clay Thompson or Draymond Green, who you would assume would love that type of stuff, but who knows, or any of of those guys. I love that shit. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people that love that shit. So I think immediately, and those people, by the way, I think the people that love that shit feel as if they love sports and competition more than everybody else. And I don't know if that's the accurate depiction. I'm just letting you know how... Us who act in the in the manner that the Boston fans acted last night and would act and feel very comfortable acting mm-hmm. feel as if they love their teams more than you love their teams. It's uh, almost part of the DNA. It's the, yeah. hey, the Celtics, and especially with how old that team is and how yeah. old that region is, I think the the backlash 
and the openly talking about it by players that have to go play another game there on Friday <laughs> yeah. is one of the worst decisions of all time. One, honestly, when it comes to competitive edge, I think a bad one. You just said one of the best performances by the – the Boston Celtics fans feel as if they are – in the game. Oh, yeah. They're not the only fan base that does that, by the way. No. But whenever you have a fan base like that, makes the team better, makes sports better, mm-hmm. makes the entertainment level better, makes everything better. Every team is wishing for that sort not Maybe not with the obscenities, okay? Maybe people are able to do it in a much... I don't know how the Seahawks fans are. I don't think they're swearing. I'm not 100% sure. A lot of but this are. is the way it fucking goes. Yes. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, I just said the F word there. Like in some different places, they are going to demolish Draymond and Clay oh, yeah. on Friday night. And they're going to take pride in it, and they're going to feel as if they are winning the game for the Celtics. I think everybody's trying to get that. I, I do not I, – I understand it, I guess, like grandstanding in front of other people's kids sure. that you're swearing in front mm-hmm. of and stuff like that. But also, I feel like competitive-wise, that is not a smart move because Boston's going to take that as a challenge. Oh, yeah. And it is Friday NBA. This is a finals, too. This mm-hmm. isn't like yeah. a championship. A banner is yes. on the line right now. In Friday, there's no reason to gas up Boston people even more. We tried to, to do less of that every single yeah. day. Yeah, bingo. And well, like when you sorry, Todd, no, but when you look back, it's like the Kyrie Irving. Like you remember when he was given double birds in the first round of the finals? Like that was one of the better parts of the entire playoff run. This is exactly what the Celtics fans are trying to do. Yes. This is what their intentions are. That's why they're in unison. And you told me this earlier when Jimmy Butler walked off the court. Mm-hmm. It was like, hey, Standing up. hey, fucking good series between you and us, yeah. man. Like, like they feel as if, and I feel like you said that they would do that probably to Steph. Like, they probably got yeah. respect for Steph Curry, they'd assume. But they are in the game. Mm-hmm. They are absolutely in that thing. And I don't, okay, maybe less uh, swearing for some people, but we need not get rid of that at all. We need more of that in sports, actually. We need more people coming together around a team that represents their city. We need more people bonding that are probably much different than each other. Having that moment in an arena where you're high-fiving a random, and I know it happens in church, may God be with you, and may God be with you, yeah. and may God be with you, and may God be with you. But very rarely is there ever a time where people that don't know each other ever come together and celebrate together. We need not get rid of that. Now, Boston people are always going to be that way though yes they have been since the beginning of time i believe and will always be that way just like with pittsburgh people you're going to get a very hey when you're this is what you're getting from pittsburgh Mm -hmm. people baltimore people same fucking Mm -hmm. thing like uh ohio people same i mean it's just like i don't think we should be trying to get that out of sports at all I i think we should be promoting that and i like clay and i like draymond and I love Steph. Didn't hear Steph say anything. But we need not trying to get that out of sports. We need more of that in sports. And an eight-and-a-half-year-old said, fuck Boston Connor yesterday. Yeah. That's from the same region of where that thing was happening. That's just how they speak. Sorry about it. Well, and to your point, like it it felt like a finals game. It yes. felt yeah. like, oh, like actually, this does mean something. And I also think it's bullshit. Like Those guys, they love that. You feed off that if you're playing in that game. You kidding me? Like There's no – and then after the fact, you can maybe say whatever. Oh, but really? like yeah, nice. you start hearing that, Like there's no way that isn't – like. Providing and enhancing the moment and everything. It just, I don't know. So, and like you said, like, I mean, for them to say something, it's like, what do you think? They're just going to shut up and not say anything on Friday? Like, it's going to be a bloodbath. It's just bringing a, a bunch of muscles in there. They're bringing a bunch of muscles in there. Nobody's talking. No sense. It is going to be live yes. on Friday. Guy Fieri's in there. Yeah. Right. Portnoy's in there. Only good Hank guy put in up the building. a fucking. All right. Hank put up a goddamn pump fake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By the way, caught the ball brilliantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody that's sitting around the court there on the wood is hoping a ball comes to them. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's they're hoping it doesn't come in the form of a 
blindside, boom, right. explosion. Mm-hmm. They're hoping it doesn't come at the time where your baby drinking or having something. Hank fucking startled a little bit, catches that, seizes the moment immediately, stands directly up, <laughs> pump fakes, and then hands the ball to Jordan Poole. I mean, like, home run. Yeah. Like, Hank has been on a, quite a fucking yeah. heater. Yeah. And last night he proved to do it even more so. But, yeah, they're only going to get louder on Friday. And I assume there's going to be a couple four-letter words that are going to be flying around from those fan base. That's right. And I know it's in front of kids, but it's also the kids. I think the mm-hmm. kids are also chanting that thing up there. And uh, I'm excited to watch, man. Listen, we come from the same place. I love when fans do this, okay? Love it. Love it. I hate when fucking Boston fans do it, okay? We need to stop enabling these Boston scumbags. Okay, we've been doing it since the beginning of time. Paul Revere, what? oh, wasn't him. Great guy. Okay, fake Fugues. Pilgrims. Oh, don't even get me started on the fucking pilgrims. Okay, <laughs> Boston priests, bad Whoa. people. Whoa. Wow, it's been a long time. Yeah, Detective Sullivan. Yeah, yeah. bad. What corrupt guy? Very, what? very cor- Louis. Yeah, <laughs> CK. No. Yeah. Oh. Boston. What? Connor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the list goes on and on. We got to <laughs> fucking stop somewhere. We can't enable right. this you're right. city. I can't believe you're right. And if we're just going to. Everywhere let, else, sure. If we're just going to let it keep happening, we are the problem. Yeah. Dr. Phil has told so many parents, like, you're the reason this person isn't. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're the one enabling it. You're the one enabling it. And you're saying that speech I just gave about, like, loving it and. This is how Boston is, and it's why we yeah. like them. I'm part of the problem, you're saying. <sighs> yeah. We have all have been for far too long. Well, Thank you. We take a stand on Friday. You guys can't fucking swear. Don't you dare. Don't, not in front of kids. Mm-mm. Hey, you don't like his dance. Paul Revere. Fugues. No, that's not true. That's where Jack, it started. Oh, that's messed up that he said that's that. where it started. I messed up that he said that, because that's, that's real. Okay, I fucking walked Paul Revere's trail, goddammit. It's called the Freedom Trail, Tony. Why don't you look something up about freedom, okay? <laughs> that's what we fucking instill in America. And if you don't want us dancing in the end zone, then don't let us get there, okay? You, you don't want us to be in the finals screaming at people in the NBA finals, in the World Series, shit, uh, in the yeah. stand. Cup uh, in the Super Bowl that ain't ever happening. Years. You guys are in a rebuild. Boston Rock's coming to Pittsburgh. You wish. No, not sorry. You're, you're in the middle of a good promo. Go on. It's not happening. No, Boston staying. He, he loves. He loves Boston. Crazy. He's probably coming too. But that's what I'm Hates saying. It, okay. He's old. Who cares? You don't mm-hmm. like Boston coming to Pittsburgh, screaming and being, you know, the greatest fans in the country. Then stop letting us win all these games. Stop we tried. Us. You raised the hoops. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Raised the hoops. yeah. Uh, the yeah. Raised the hoops. Oh, Darn. my God. Hey, guys. Just, hey, that's just all tricks of the trade. You know, if Golden State would have thought of it, they would have. But, you know, if they did it, too, they You don't probably... think anybody has thought about raising the hoops to fuck up people's <laughs> no, shots? I don't think so. Plus, if what they... What are you talking about? Hoosiers or whatever. Yeah, that's right. In, like, if, the 40s. If the Warriors did that, their, all, their whole entire team would have been crying. They would have needed, you know, unlimited tissues on the side of the bench. So they wouldn't try and to raise the hoops. Boston has the more athletic, bigger team. It only helps us. Well, yeah, that's what we're saying. Yeah, sorry. That's the point. That's <laughs> sorry. It's cheating. Yeah, sorry. It's it's normally called, cheating only yeah, helps the cost. It's called home court advantage, Pat. Okay. In that we, game, if we want to play a 10 foot two on one yeah. of them and 10 foot one on the other one sure. to get rid of the shooting team, that uh-huh. it definitely yeah. affects. Oh, oh, yeah. Let alone warm ups. You know, Steph probably put up 100 shots on this 10 foot two thing and he was brick, brick, brick. He's like, oh, I got to shoot a little bit more, I guess. And then in the game, miss, miss, miss. That's what, This is all uh-huh. things that you guys do, though, that I think leads to Tone's point Thank of, you. no, you know what? Clay Thompson was right. 
Real professional, Boston. Yeah, real, real yeah. classy. Real classy. Real classy, Boston. Right, better go win a game because they need it right now. Down 2 one's not a good hole. We just did 16 minutes on that, and <laughs> we covered both sides pretty in depth. That's right? why. I mean, that's why this show. Go Celtics. We'll never win an award. Yeah, I don't know how people are upset about it. It's fucking sports. Yeah, dude. it's the that's best what you're allowed to do. You're allowed to just accidentally elbow somebody right in the fucking mouth. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to get into an entire <laughs> right. thing like the competition environment i not that you should now now people say well where's the line then you know where's the line of what you're allowed to say what you're allowed to say i think we all know i think we all know where the line is i think everybody understands it and then you know if they cross that i think it becomes a problem which boston will Mm-hmm. They haven't passed from all. I've yeah. been known to Boston. Not will, so recent history. Habitual line steppers up there in <laughs> uh, Boston, but like just a, a fuck somebody in a thing like that. Like that happens in every stadium. I think mm-hmm. that I've ever been oh, in. Yeah, yeah that's short. what makes no sense. Is them acting like they've never fucking heard this before? Like you know, I mean, I don't think Draymond basically said on his show that he, you know, is more so like, hey, my family's here, that my kids are hearing it, but like. You go any of these guys who played big time college basketball. The student section fans are a billion times worse than oh, the yeah. NBA fans. Like they've heard uh, all Boston. This. Boston's yeah, entire no. arena is standing. That entire it was I, aw- It's it, awesome yeah. to watch. Yeah. But I'm just saying, in terms of like a fuck you is rolling off your shoulder a lot more than these pricks in college who are like really going personal and like looking stuff up and, and that kind of stuff. Like all those guys have heard a fuck you champ. Before. I forget who was telling the story. I forget where I heard it, so I apologize to. The show that had this, and if somebody figures it out, that'd be great. I guess Kobe Bryant was just mentioning dates to some guy on the court. Yeah. And the guy didn't know what it was, and he looked it up. It was like all of his cousins and family members' birthdays. <laughs> so Kobe was just like telling him about his uh, his entire family and like how much research he's done. Like the shit talk that happens on the court, I'd assume, is next level. Pretty intense. Pretty intense as well. And I don't know the basketball community and the basketball, uh, basketball culture as well as we should be talking like this because I think that is some. We'll talk to Alex Cruz in like two hours. I'll ask him because it feels like it is quite a – the NBA players hate the fans. Yeah. Like hate them, right? That's become like a new thing. Like mm-hmm. how come they're able to do this? Why are they doing this? Why are they doing that? Is that because they had the without fans years where they were able – it was much more open? Remember, when they were only like at 30% some of these arenas – and the teams were scattered out. They had more space to sit down. The sidelines were much more wide open. Guys were kind of able to do whatever they wanted to do in all these arenas. I assume that was very nice for a lot of these guys who have only played in front of thousands and thousands of people right on top of the court. So is it because they got comfortable without them? Is it because this has been something that's always been an issue? Because remember, you, my immediate thought back is like, oh, Russell Westbrook in Utah. Like, yeah. Remember, that became an entire thing. Oh, yeah. Russell Westbrook with some other place. And then like Kyrie at some place. But I think Kyrie, Kyrie says he likes it, though. Didn't Kyrie say he liked it? I think he, because yeah. he's played up there. I think he it said was, he understands it. it was, Trey Young yeah. in New York. Right. Uh-huh. Like, I think there is a, because it's a much more intimate setting. I think there is potentially a player. It's the only sport where the fans are that close and have that kind of access. No, nothing. With no barrier. No, no, nothing. No pads, no helmet like in hockey. Mm -hmm. Hockey, I was, well, we were like a foot and a half away from a player. Yeah, we can bang on the glass. We can give him the finger and stuff. There's a barrier. Yeah, that's their arena, essentially, in the NBA. Like, there's nothing there. Joining now is a man who will be able to tell me if this is my fault or not. Um I went to a playoff game. Was it playoff that we went to there and sat on yeah. those seats on the ice? Yeah, Penn's Flyers. Tried to pay the ref. Yeah. Oh. He came right to the crack of the uh, oh, glass no. right in mm-hmm. front of me. 
try to have a conversation with him, like, hey, we need a power play. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We're down a little bit. We need a power play. He showed him the money. Yeah, he showed him a hundred. I think it was a couple hundred dollars or whatever. I pulled out. We had not gone to the casino yet. That's right there and <laughs> lost all the money. So I had. They are going to take your. That casino is going to take all Every your time. money. Mm-hmm. Every time. Rivers Casino in Pittsburgh is a losing casino, but you have to go in there or you have a losing weekend. You don't want that. You just are tipping the person on the corner, yep. which is the Rivers Casino. You just go in there, you give them 20, 100, 1,000, yep. whatever you want to lose. <laughs> Keep me safe. And then you just go do Pittsburgh. And it's yeah. like the Pittsburgh gods like say, you're welcome. You can do exactly. this. If you don't, probably a bad weekend. Nonetheless, ref called a penalty. What was it, Nick? Two seconds later on against the yeah, penalty? Yeah, the very next shift. We were trying to get him at the at the whistle right there at the face-off. Very next shift, called a penalty. Called a penalty and then looked at me when he called the penalty and oh. then just skated off. I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to think like me thinking I'm I'm that important that I caused. But now that I'm learning more about the game, that motherfucker might have done that just oh, yeah. massive chance. Join us now, Stanley Cup champion, who might be able to give us a little clarity on that situation. So ladies and gentlemen, host of That's Hockey Talk and on NHL Network, an absolute stud. Mike Rupper. Hey, I I don't know which referee it was that you spoke to, but did he have a mustache? Was it Bill McCreary? Because he was probably wanted to fucking go you. Remember the old Bill McCreary, Wild Bill? That was with the one that tried to fight me. Yes. <laughs> this was, was it, a- Bill? Did you try to grease up? Grease the palm of Bill McCreary? This, this is what the uh, Bill McCreary did to you while you were sitting on the bench, right? Yeah. You want to fucking go, Robert? Yeah. Ref, yeah, that's strikes. what happens. So, like, you're going out there and you're, like, trying to be do your best uh, for the Steel City. And this guy's like, fuck you. I'll fight you right now. Like, that's what he said right there. That's, so, man, I, wow. I didn't hear that story until right now. That's an inter- interesting story. But, yeah, that's probably your fault, if I had to say. I'm so sorry, Penguins. Yeah. Well, I think we gave up a goal in that. Uh, <laughs> one series what was though, the right? final score I don't know I don't remember I never heard that one though that's a good one dude yeah, legit good one. blows the whistle and stares at me and then just skates <laughs> yeah. away it was unbelievable Nick so pissed Nick oh way to go hope you're fucking happy <laughs> yeah, good gag good bit <laughs> hope you're happy. I wasn't making it a big deal though like I wasn't like showcasing everybody yeah. it was literally just an intimate conversation because he was right in front of us at the time and there was a little crack so it wasn't like I was making a show out of it so he only did it for me and it's like oh my god am i that important i fucked the pens all right but let's not talk about the (laughs) billy billy (laughs) could you imagine if that was him i mean we could probably look back at this thing and get the accurate information on who it was you should find it man and if they scored on that power play or not i knew what game it was i could i might be minus one on the ice (laughs) 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 might be uh rupper let's dive into the hockey world right now obviously new york and tampa are playing tonight back in madison square garden we'll dive into that i want to talk about the rumors that are hitting the internet the boston bruins are dead posternock is coming to the pittsburgh penguins it's going to be gensi sydney and pasta right there is our one line and we are going to be a lordo factory for the uh, foreseeable future What's going on? Is that going to happen? And that's a big deal, right? This is a big off-season conversation then. If this off-season, if there's not some some traction and some grounds being covered with the Boston Bruins and David Posternock about an extension here, uh, you don't get top-end players like that that hit the market or are, or are available. If David Posternock is, it's going to set the hockey world on fire. I've He's already not. was... I was talking with uh, Kenny Danico yesterday, and we were oh, hot stoving about some things. 
I think the Devils would jump all over that. They'd throw the second overall pick in this year's draft, probably throw together a nice little young player, too. Some pieces. Teams will do whatever. Pittsburgh, everybody's going to try to get David Pashnak. So it'll be interesting the way this goes. I This last week's been tough. It's been it's been tough for Boston Connors. Oh, yeah. Not, not going to lie. Uh, you know, it's good to, see, uh, yeah. good to see what happened yesterday, kind of. It was kind of neat. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, as far as Bruce Cassidy, oh, like, oh, maybe wait. this is maybe this is them trying to salvage it. So here's the thing that we just heard and we just saw a little bit ago. Don Sweeney, the Boston Bruins GM, Fired, had his meeting season's end two weeks ago with Bruce Cassidy. And Bruce Cassidy is coming out and saying – he told me my job is safe. Okay. Two weeks later, he oh, gets no. he gets canned. So Boston way, no. This is just completely reading between the lines, and and you've been through that, Pat. I would assume that football is the same thing. We have our exit meetings as players with coaches, with GM, with the GM, and something happened there, right? So maybe this is like, all right, we don't know if Bergeron's coming back. Maybe that had something yes. to do with making a coaching change. That's true. But then also, if David Pasternak isn't going to be talking extension with us, we got to figure this shit out. So I don't know. And I'm not trying to say that Bruce Cassidy is the problem. Maybe it's just the end of the road as far as a coach's influence on his group. But they're trying to, I think they're trying to salvage something here. It's going to be tough sledding for this no, Bruins team in the first half of the season. Oh, no. I didn't want to do this ever again. Numerous times. Yep. Yeah. Moment of silence for the Boston Bruins yeah. while they go into well, a full rebuild in probable irrelevancy. They had uh, Patrice Bergeron. Mm-hmm. He's gone. They had Brad Marshall. Boil up that pasta. He went into the end of season meeting with the coach and said, I hate you, buddy. <laughs> Don't forget about the surgery. Real, real quick, right? Out six months. And then, and then Pasta came in and they said, Why aren't you talking extension with us? He said, I fucking hate that coach. Mm-hmm. And then just a couple okay. weeks later, they fired the coach. And then Pasta said, I hate the GM today. <laughs> Now he's a penguin. So is Patrice. And when mm-hmm. Marshawn got healthy, he took the train down to Pittsburgh as well. Think about what they did to Chara, too. Oh, they kicked Chara oh, outside no. into Washington. No, no, no. And Timmy Thomas. And then how about the goalie? It just quit, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah. Yeah. It just quit. Too long out history here. of pushing guys out the door. God, it was hey. good. It was a good run. We're still, you know what? Respect him. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry, sorry, man. I thought we were done. There's a lot of, there's a lot of layers to this. I think it was patient enough sorry so he's staying moment passed wow yeah. i didn't know we were gonna do that i, I messed that up I that, that was my that was my that was my first one so i apologize if i interrupt <laughs> the first one <laughs> we do too many of them that's what we've yeah. learned doing a daily show there's too many moments of i know that's i know yeah all right but let me let me say this though with bruce cassidy he is a good coach great coach his numbers are incredible nick you went over some of those numbers on that hockey talk last night when you're talking about winning percentage and the stuff that he's done he'll get hired again this is not a, this is not to say this guy's a pos it's not to say this oh. guy stinks he's gonna get hired dude he's a good coach it just you get to the point where 
you, if you can't squeeze the group, you can't squeeze the group anymore. And it's time to move on. I think that's what's happening. Happens in a lot of different places and a lot of different sports. You just kind of, your juice runs out. Your stories run out. Your motivation runs out. The player in the bigger contract outlives it. And it's time to just go somewhere else. By POS, I think you meant the POS machine, which John Taffer introduced yeah. to the world. Oh, that's right. It was the thing that kept track of yep. all the bottles. Point and of, was point of sale. Yeah, because uh, the, the all the bartenders are fucking stealing from Correct. the Correct, that's right. <laughs> Happened with Disco Don, too. <laughs> Real problem. Yeah, in Pittsburgh. It absolutely did. You're 100% right. Anyways, good luck to the Bruins. Let's talk about tonight, Rupper. What should we be betting on? Did Tampa get their swagger back? Are the Rangers too tired? I think I heard on the game, uh, and the broadcasts have been great, by the way, but I think on the game I heard that the Rangers hadn't had more than one day off since May 3rd. And then Tampa had, like, what, a week or something off because they swept a couple of them, two sweeps there. Whenever you think about the exhaustion level that the Rangers have to be at, and the Tampa Bay Lightning may be getting past that rust period of having a week off or whatever it was. Is Tampa just going to go on and motorboat the Rangers right out of this thing? Or is it going to continue to be kind of home ice advantage? I, I have no idea which way this is going to go because we've seen a Ranger team in the first two games that looked a certain way. And we saw a Tampa team that, that looked completely different from games one, two to games three and four. So uh, I have no idea. Uh, but if I had to say who I think has the edge here moving forward, I would say it's Tampa because of their experience, their game management, their veteran leadership. They just find ways. And quite frankly, the last two games, man, they look like defending Stanley Cup champions. Yeah. yeah. And so I think they've started to really grab a hold of this thing. And the big thing also is the gut shot of the lineup here for the Rangers. They've got uh, Barclay Goodrow. They've got Ryan Strom, uh, a.k.a. Doug. Um, I Doug they got uh, Philip Heedle, uh, who these guys are banged up. So, you know, Philip Heedle's part of that kid line with Ale- uh, Alexi Lafreniere and uh, Capo Caco, and he's their center. So, if they're without their number two center and Ryan Strom, who didn't play last game, if they're potentially without or at a weakened number three center and Philip Heedle, who that line has been huge for this team, I don't think it looks great for them. I don't think it looks great. But hey, this team's been dominant at home. Once they start playing Bobo O'Reilly, uh, at MSG, the place goes bananas. That's like the Renegade in Pittsburgh. It does oh, yeah. the same kind of thing. It's what's it sound uh, like, Rupper? Let yeah. me hear, what, what's, what's it sound like? I don't think I know what it sounds like. What's it sound like? Uh, oh, Jesus. Out here in the field. Oh, that's it? Yeah. 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 got to get the instrumental part, though. That's the key. Uh, come on. Someone help me with the – how's the instrumental part go? I don't know, you know if that's – Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drum solo after that. Yeah. And then as I... Whoa! Wow! Rupper! What are you? Are you part of Fifth Harmony or whatever, dude? Sometimes, man. Sometimes. But hey, so MSG's been a place of brilliance for the Rangers. They're going to have to find it here. It's going to be tough, man. It's going to be tough sledding because this Tampa team... They had that sweep over the Florida Panthers. They had that time off. They started off the series not so good. They found themselves again. And now Andre Vasilevsky sitting there. And this is the one thing that drove me nuts. And, and this is the thing. I got into it with Ranger fans. Because you remember, you remember at the end of the season, Igor doing this to the Pens, right? We thought that was going to come back and bite Igor. It almost did. Didn't end up happening. So through the first two games at MSG, because you got Andre Vasilevsky, who's the goaltender in Tampa, best goaltender in the world. Igor, number two at the other end. 
MSG fans, Ranger fans start yelling, Igor's better. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Not a good Don't idea. do that here. Like this guy might – Vassy might be the best goalie to ever play the game. Don't give him Stop, any more whoa. ammunition. And this guy's found his game. So I don't know. Hopefully at MSG tonight they lay off those cheers. Just let the boys do their thing. We don't need any more shit on our plate. We don't need you guys to make that guy pissed off and absolutely stone us. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, just sit your khakis down and shut the fuck up. Okay? <laughs> All right? Just do that at MSG. I cannot believe you compared whatever song that was to... Oh, mama, I'm in fear from my life from the law. Arm of the law. Hell yeah. This? Is that good? That's the first wow. time I ever heard. Hey, you can. You can. Hold on, hold on. I lost you there. Did, I, did you guys pick that up or no? Yeah. yeah. I, it for you I thought those were fake. The drum set's been used on the show. So it's, uh, yeah. No, hey, that is the one thing. And you guys know. Because I'm always running my mouth about the Browns. I went to many Steeler wow. games there yeah. when I was playing for the Penguins. That is one of the coolest moments I see in Boom. sports when that shit starts coming across at Heinz Field. And I that, tell you, like it gets the juices flowing. And then the highlights of people just getting yeah. the old rules of the NFL basically hits yeah. are just running. The you got jacked up segment is running. <laughs> CTE City is running yeah. <laughs> on the Jumbotron while it's going, and everybody in Pittsburgh's already boozed up. It's going into yeah. the end of the game. Oh yeah. yeah. And then you got TJ. Yeah. TJ is bought into a complete Why? like when the players buy into it too, it's a big deal. Cam and TJ and the boys yeah, that are out there, they start fucking I mean it it's is not to. it's electrifying. We, we were in the playoffs for the Penguins and we didn't know it was gonna happen and they brought it out a game in the playoffs. And I'll tell you what, oh, yeah, like it was fucking cool. Like it was it was sick. I don't think it's something you can overly use if you're the Penguins because you can't like no, no. that's the Steelers thing. Like once in a while you can on. grab it like in huge moments, but it's it's big, man. That's one of the coolest little uh, rally cries I think in sports. I don't go to enough Pens games. Do they drop it in there every once in a while? Like massive moment? That'd be fucking electrifying too. I they have, have never been there. They really. have. Oh, fucking like two minutes left. Yeah, yeah, you see a lot of towels going. Pens play the party song after goals though. Hey, you know, you know who's got a really good uh, record from though. Is, hey, you guys can help me out. Andrew who's w. the uh, who's the who's Duncan. the New York Giants head coach? Dabble. <laughs> huh? Dayball. Brian Dayball. Dayball. <laughs> okay, so Inside. this dude has been at every Ranger win. Oh yes, I've seen uh-huh. it. He just and got they, hired. He just got hired, Rupert. This is a good idea. Yeah. So they bring them. Um, so they play the. Uh, how's the tune go? The NFL. They do that at MSG every time they have like you know. A lot of times it was Justin Tuck. They have some you know former Giants and different guys that are coming through. So they play that so everybody knows that someone's coming up. And they put that dude on, and he kind of looks like he you know he he kind of looks like uh, uh, go on <laughs> go on rubber. What do you? Uh... Uh, I mean, he kind of looks like me, or he kind of <laughs> looks like uh, uh, dude. Thank uh, you. I'm going blank. Uh, our boy from Hockey Talk. AQ. 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 Yeah, AQ. Sorry. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, he looks like AQ a little bit, maybe. But anyways, they put him on the Jumbotron at MSG. The place goes bananas. The team wins. They got a great record. This guy's been at really basically every every home game, and I think they're 7-1 and one in the playoffs. That's a great start to his career as yeah, the Giants head coach. Yeah. Saquon Barkley's come out and said he feels like he's got a swagger back, too. Uh-oh. Yeah, so who knows what that means for the Giants. Let's dive back into this game. Uh, last night, the big conversation in the Garden. 
um, was that the fans were screaming "fuck Draymond" and called him a bitch and stuff in front of kids. In the yeah. NHL, we we talked about this because we were sitting so close. You, like fans do sit close. Penalty box right behind the bench. Fans are very close in hockey, but that barrier is a big deal. Is there no- notorious places that are like much worse than others? Like I would assume the Boston Celtics home games in the Garden are around the league. Everybody's like, hey, it's going to be a nightmare whenever we go up there. Like, just expect it. It happens in the NFL. Is it like that in the NHL as well? Yeah, there is. Uh, you know, Philly's obviously a place. Uh, you know, there's, there's yeah. quite the trash bag contingency there. So they'll, they'll act <laughs> out at times. Uh, you know, there's, you know, if you think Philly, Philly, remember that was the, I'm pretty sure, Nick, wasn't Philly the Ty Domi fan falling in the penalty It box? was. You, probably, you guys have probably seen it, the infamous clip of the guy reaching over the penalty box because he was chirping Ty Domi, and Ty Domi squirts him with a water bottle, and the fan fell into the penalty box, and then Domi just beat the shit out of him. <laughs> Unreal. Yeah. So you guys, yeah. you guys got to look that one up because it's... um Real classy, know, it's, Domi. It's, yeah. it's high, you know, obviously Ty Domi's tough as nails, but this is... This is my thing. Everybody's everybody's brave. Everybody's yelling at the zoo with, and by the tiger cage rah, rah, until that fucking thing gives in. Now all of a sudden you're shitting your pants, right? Like in the, this fan's yelling at Ty. Ty gives him a little squirt of water. Lean starts yelling more. Glass gives way. Okay, so gla- he gets hit with the water here. What the fuck up. is that security gonna do? <laughs> Nothing. Stand- no. Wait till wait till the- you got another clip of. The guy gets pissed. Obviously, he just got a whole Powerade dumped on his head. And now he's going to stand up and he's he's going to be Tommy Tough Guy with Ty Domi. Hang over the glass. Glass gives way. He basically falls in the lion's cage. And Ty Domi's like, it's on now. And he beats the wheels off him. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's times. It's usually around the penalty box is kind of that area, right? So you take a penalty. You got, you know, they're holding up signs. They're knocking. They're yelling through the gap like you try to grease the the, the hand of a referee. Like they're yelling through the sides there trying to get to you. And you can see ads. So then the referees got to get in there on this. You have off-ice officials, which are generally kind of older gentlemen. They got to go break this up. Like it's nuts. But um, it's usually around the penalty box when you got some refs people yelling some stuff. And uh, I don't know. You can always – the one good thing in hockey is that you always got the glass there so you can pretend you don't hear them. Oh man, I'm just thinking of that orangutan yesterday that oh, hit the internet. Uh, the, the, did you see this orangutan yesterday? No. Oh, what? A, yeah, let's run it. Let's wait until you see this. I was watching. It came came onto the internet. I, I don't know where. Probably Reddit had it like four days ago. Came onto Twitter just yesterday, and I got it tweeted to me uh, or texted to me from one of the boys. I think we were conversating with somebody. Ty was asking a question, and I was watching his video, and I was just getting more and more uncomfortable. And then as soon as Ty got done a- asking his question, the person was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> and I was trying to mouth orangutan. This video hit the internet yesterday. This is what I feel like with Ty Domi and that person. Look at this shit, Rupper. Boom. Come here. Come here, bitch. Oh, my God. Yep. Take your shirt off. Dude. Bingo. Immediately. Yeah, slip that thing over your head. What are you doing? No, got to save it. This was an affliction yeah. shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, though. Got his leg. Got his leg. Hold on. Yeah, this thing is oh, just no, getting he's started. up his thigh. Yeah, he's, he's getting he's, next to get the out. balls there. And then he's got his foot around his uh, – he's got nowhere to go. Two arms and a Ripped foot up. right now. Just full grip. I wonder what this person did. Was it not a snack? Was it somebody else? Is this a ricochet shot for some other asshole? Turns that son bitch. Look at that grip. Turns that son bitch sideways. Uh, is that the end of it right there, Z? Yeah. 
Yeah. That it continues to go on where he grabs uh, the hand. I think he gets to the hand and he goes to bite the person's hand or the arm. Person pulls it and he, it's his foot. He goes to it's bite his guy. foot and then right, he misses the bite and then he just lets it go. He's like, yeah, that's what I thought. And then just fucking they swear. <laughs> yeah. And then he's just yeah. sitting. What's he do? He just walks to the back of that cage and then he goes, now they know. Uh-huh. You know, now is that think what happens, about, sir? Think about what we just saw, though. Like you have a, a grown man. It looks like somebody else is trying to help him get kind away. Kind of foxy build. And, oh, and that yeah. grip strength, dude, that grip strength, that dude is, that that orangutan is not even budging. There's no like, there's no fight. There's no, it's no. just boom, holding it still. And this dude's body is parallel to the ground. Like there's just no, th- this monkey doesn't even look like he's trying. It's fucking with him right now. Hey, yeah. you want some, you want some. And then says, all right, I we'll sure. give you a little bit more. Here. Leg. Leg. Come on in, uh, let me shoot. Yeah. He, yeah. Shot for a single leg. Yeah, he did. <laughs> shot for a single leg. Said, you know, Handicap match comes in. Guy, <laughs> yeah. Partner starts kicking. He can fucking get some too. <laughs> Hey, by the way, that uh, that tag team partner was much braver a little bit ago. Not oh, yeah. so much now. Oh, yeah. Look at him turn that some <laughs> bitch sideways, dude. Uh, yeah, it's all. Uh, look at him posting up both of his bottom feet for leverage. Yeah, yeah. unbelievable. Hey, they're us, dude. I, I don't know how much you're into that that type of thing. I watch so much of the Animal Planet. I always love the yeah. apes. The apes shit. I watch. Just watching them in the wild take food into like the water. And like clean it and then like peel it just like us and yeah. then eat it and throw it out. Mm-hmm. It's just like, even just even the way that the way that the way that monkeys eat bananas. Oh it's like we've been doing it wrong forever. Like we've been but see even I know you, you talk about how they can even break it, but then they you know, like humans we we peel from that stem and we usually bruise up the top, smash it up and shit. They reverse it and the thing's just like perfect. Yeah, they pinch it. They reverse it and pinch it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean it's crazy. And then we want there's an orangutan uh exhibit here in Indianapolis and we've talked about this before, but I feel like Rupper's seeing it for the first time. You go down there and you look them right in their eye, they're looking you back. There's an actual connection. And I made eye contact with one of them. They were fucking miserable yeah. to be in that cage. Oh, get yeah. me out of here. Pooped. Yeah. Pooped right in. Eye con- we we're making eye contact. Pooped right there. And then just turned around and walked away. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry, buddy. Looks like you're doing life in there, too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. And then you went and saw him. Oh, yeah. I saw him. That that orangutan fucking hates himself. He, he's just oh. begging for someone to just come and doof, doof. He really is. They sit him out there in the hot sun. He's in a box that's way too small. I mean, that orangutan has his cage is five times the one at the Indianapolis Zoo. I feel bad for that guy. I really do. He's but to be clear, none of those things are anything to fuck with. I watched this one sanctuary one where you had to go in and actually shake the hand of the leader of the group to get into oh, the area. And then if you shook the hand, it, it would like it could go either way. I remember them building it up as if it was like a very tense uh-huh. moment. Like, will you be accepted in the cage or not? It was a new person that was going to bring them food. Had to go like say sorry or like hello to the person. And they're oh. like, now it might give you a little, but don't back down. You have to... <laughs> You have to remain, you know, strong or whatever. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. And there's people that believe that we, there's no. No connection. Forget it. Not getting into it. Uh, your question, Nikki Skates, for old Rupper. Uh, right off the bat here, just real quick, uh, ZD did some research back here. We found out the referees for that game that we went to that you tried to bribe. Oh. It was uh, Wes McCauley. Who oh, was one of the better. And I think it was actually Wes who made the call. But also uh, working that game was our buddy Tim Peel. Oh, oh, Timmy. You know Tim. what? I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out now and be like, hey, I don't know if you ever remember, but was there a time? Like how give me a ballpark year wise. When was this? Uh, uh, April thirteenth. Eighteen. Yeah. 2018. April thirteenth, twenty eighteen. 
we're going to figure this out because I got I, you know what I'm not I don't have many referees numbers but I do have Wes McCauley's and Tim Peel's. <laughs> there we go. Those are the two you want, right? From what I've Wes is the what I've Wes learned? is the best in the biz. He was a the guy. They have a highlight reel. Yeah, he might be. He might Sasha! be. Like, Sasha! Five minutes we'll, for. We'll figure this out. He's like the hockey Lee, right? Yeah, he's awesome, dude. He he's the one that does the. Yeah, isn't that what you just said? Yeah, yeah five minute, and he's like. He's an absolute showman. Works. All right, so who's winning tonight? Make a pick, please, sir. Uh, I'm going to say Tampa wins this game. Um, Gumpy will be happy to hear that. Um, oh, no. I've been trying to advise Gumpy in uh, games in one and two that it was the Rangers, but you know, you know, it didn't. Uh, he didn't want to hear it, and uh, I think it goes back to Tampa um, with Tampa up three two. All right, we didn't want to do this again, but not say. yet, not yet. Uh, moment of silence for Gumpy's seat that is no longer. Oh, his seat. Got it. Go yeah. Bolts, it. pal. I've been saying go Bolts this whole time. Whoa, oh, no moment of silence. Back. He's back. Gumpy's shit. back. You have any questions for Gumpy, Rob? That, dude, this is my favorite thing uh, going. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, how you doing, Gumps? What, what have you been up to up in uh, with no Bud Light? It's Lights cold up, up here in the great white north, pal. Man, it sounds what kind just of, like What it. kind of brew haha's you drinking without no Bud Lights up there? Oh, uh, I'm drinking Amstel Lights now. Oh, he does wow. love Amstel <laughs> Lights. Well, I thought maybe a Modelo. I thought we were going to be doing More specifically, Modelo. <laughs> hey, Gumper, uh, uh, hey, Gumpy, we appreciate you, man. We miss you, pal, even though the fake one's just as good. Miss you, lads. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, oh nice. no. You kind of sound like that sex robot yeah. that's yeah. coming yeah. out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, what a wild so world. Rupert, we appreciate you, man. I think Tampa's going to win as well. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll see. I, I think it goes seven, though. So oh. uh, I think it's going to go seven games. And uh, we were joking about it last night. You should be rooting for Tampa because you've got – there's three teams left. You've yes. got two invites. The Pat McAfee, Pat McAfee crew has two invites to Stanley Cup parties, wow. one being in Colorado, one being in Tampa. So unless we can work some New York Rangers relationship – you're Which we won't. Bolts and, uh, we won't. We won't. We will no. never. The things I've said about the Rangers Can't throughout this entire thing, I would never be able to do that. It was just like the Kaniacs. Like, I was a big fan of the Kaniacs. Yep. I was like, I can't do it. But I don't know if we've been invited to either of those. We have kind of just publicly said it. And sure, but if you keep saying it enough, it'll, it'll Yeah, a little public happen, pressure, so. right? little public yeah. pressure. <laughs> I think so. I like that. Tone has a question for you, Rob, before you go. Yeah, Popton, Mike, you talked about Game 7. It's supposed to be an MSG. Uh, same night the Beavers got a concert. Yeah. Um, is the NHL obviously going to give way and make them play a back-to-back Game 7? And I assume Beavers not moving for the NHL. I don't know, man. That's a great question. I saw that, and I'm like, how the hell did this happen? You know, but uh, it's uh, – yeah, There's a lot of jokes that are being hockey, made. Though. Bieber's a big Leafs fan. He's good boys with Austin Matthews. They're saying, well, hey, the good thing is that uh, the Leafs never show up for game seven, so maybe Biebs won't show up that night. So, <laughs> oh! <laughs> yeah, but, but I don't know, man. I'm be really but I, I bet you – I could see Biebs. I could see Biebs moving something okay. because he is a big hockey fan. And I, I, he loves he loves his hockey. He's a good old Canadian like Gumps here. And uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting. But I think it's going to go seven. So I think we'll have that storyline. They'll probably give him some sweet tickets. Yeah. Yeah. Se- game seven of Stanley Cup uh, of the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, mm-hmm. he's beeps. Yeah. Autograph mitt by unless, Igor. Unless, unless Gumpy's boy, Chris Pronger, 
ruined that relationship with the NHL when he remember when he buried him up against the glass. Yeah. yeah. So Pronger, maybe that, wa- that might come back and that might come back and bite the NHL because of prongs. What we'll did Pronger say? I, I was just wanted to be unpredictable out there. Uh, yeah. Certainly yeah. were. Yeah. yeah. Certainly. <laughs> certainly was. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Rupper. Thank you, buddy. Yeah. Right, thanks, guys. From uh, uh, Attic in Ohio, AJ Hoffman. AJ. AJ, watch Live Golf this morning. Uh, DJ seems to not be playing his best golf. $125 million still sitting there for him. Did he turn it back around? Is that what you were about no, to say? No, P.KWM is winning. Also need full names on the side of the fucking screens, okay? <laughs> yeah. Need that, Liv. Need the names because I have no idea who it is. Also, we need the names of the teams that maybe underneath the name put the team name because just the logos, we don't have a clue of any of them. No. The orange S's were doing the yeah, best. on fire. They, they were still on are. fire. They were towards the top of the Strikers. entire thing. Uh, strike Force. Yeah, I think. Struck ball. Struck ball. I haven't seen any of it. How's the production value? Good. Good. It was like, uh, it felt like it was maybe not 4K, but up there. It had cameras everywhere. Yeah. Same exact thing. British commentators I'd never heard of. Had the same feel. Uh, different colored tracers on the ball. Light blue. Ooh. Ooh. Mm. Like uh, a little bit more color, you know. Dennis Quaid said "There's a, we're going to bring golf to life That's a little right. bit. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. In that voiceover of the Live Golf tournament that he did. Uh, fascinated by it all, but... NASA's going live to chit-chat about the witch they found on Mars. Yeah, that's a photo, but yeah. Um, oh, I have seen that. They're going live to talk about UAPs in general. They're commissioning a new study to finally... finally. What the fuck have they been doing? I saw this the other day. NASA has agreed to look into UAP. and U- What have they been doing? Isn't that what their job has been? What the fuck, dude? I don't know if that's technically their job, is to try it to is. figure out what's out there, or is it? It is. It is. Well, what else are they doing? What are they doing? We're going exploring, I guess, and then if yes. they run into some people, who are they going splunking around the International <laughs> Space Station? Like, yo, you're not keeping an eye out for fucking picture, UFOs? Who do you think that witch is? I have no idea. I have no clue. What do you think? Like it's like erosion. No, it's the keeper of the keys. <laughs> what? What color do you think that witch was? If that was not a black and white photo. All right, so I was I was lied to. They are not talking about the witch photo. Yeah. It what do you know? <laughs> no, all right, so let's move on here. Uh, let's talk about some breaking. Wait, I thought they were talking about your other alien that was through the fence on the still shots. Okay, what are your thoughts on that little three foot rat bastard that might have found himself in a place that he didn't know he was in? I think it's taller than three foot. I think there's definitely video, and it's possible it's somebody wearing like a Chuck E. No. Cheese costume as well. You think that thing's taller than three foot? Put that back up. How tall is it? Is Maybe this four th- feet. Well, I guess it is a zoo, so that fence has to be very, 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 very tall. Yeah, it's at least a six. This thing's seven feet tall. Oh, yeah, the it's knee bends too. It's not standing up straight. Yeah, oh. it does have kind of a windshield Camera's or a door down and downhill. It's got a car door build. It's it's really I mean, it's. <laughs> It does have a car door bill. Interesting Kind of like you turn around there a little yeah. bit. It goes down and goes back up there. <laughs> is, it, is it wearing tights? Uh-huh. I think that's its skin, dude. I, I don't yeah. think it has access to what we have. I feel like it's a little furry, too. Yeah, fur. Is this related to the uh, Queen's aliens? Well... Ooh. Everybody's telling me that was just a drone that was flying at the speed of fucking sound. Come on. What's up with people in these drones? I don't know. First off, you're also not allowed to fucking fly a drone by a uh, yeah. fighter jet, okay? Yeah, especially at the Queen's Clearly Jubilee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this thing. I mean, have you seen this, AJ? Yeah, that's got to be a drone, right? Uh, yeah, oh. and everybody's telling me, like... Um, I mean, if it's the, a UFO, it's pretty small. The, well, that's aren't they, they all, all the Tic Tac thing? They've all been tiny. I think they're shapeshifters. We need a big one. We need a bean. I want that big old animal walking in that shot to be flying one of these it's things. Probably they probably do. Okay, here yeah. we go. They probably do. How you doing? That could have been a balloon just uh, with a hole in it. 
galaxy is real fast. Yeah. <laughs> super, super strong helium balloon. <laughs> There's this yep. hot air balloon um, that flies over Those things are dangerous. Lake Morris, the lake that I live at or sure. whatever. They fly it over. That's like the oldest science experiment of all time, right? Yeah. yeah. That's what that is. I, I've, I've watched this thing a lot, and... The wife has gotten intrigued by it. Oh, sure. God. You Whatever. should go up. No. Do no. not. No, no, no. Those Don't be an asshole. Like, hey, those are death traps, dude. There I'm not going like to be the Amish of, of the sky, dude. Yes. All right? Hey, this past weekend, there was like six of them within 10 miles of my house because they were flying over the memorial for the tournament, the golf tournament going on, and the Goodyear blimp or whatever, too. They were landing in fields around me. I was like, man, I don't know if I have the balls to do that. I do not. And what happens if it, you know, God just goes, you know? Yeah. Well, exactly. couldn't God technically do that any time to you? Sure. Yeah, but I'm not going to be in no, a goddamn... Floating in a fucking balloon. I'm not trying him. There was a... Uh, what if God does that in your car? There was a mothership tornado by you last night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you see that? Athens, Ohio, that I believe? crazy. Mm -hmm. Shout out Bobcats. There's levels to that thing. Did you see that? I have not seen that, no. Oh, what? dude. In Athens? Scary. Yeah, where OU is. Yeah. Look alive. Oh, greatest college town in Ohio. For Halloween. <laughs> they do say that. Uh -huh. They do say that. Yeah. yeah. They do say that. It's a good time. That. All right, let's dive into some uh, uh, stories here in the NFL. Not that all that stuff isn't vastly more important than the yeah. NFL, okay? If that little three-foot to seven-foot rat bastard car door-looking thing is real, that's a big conversation that needs to be had. Huge. Yeah. What El is Chupacabra. And what zoo is that? It's a Texas, Texas zoo. Yeah. I think someone tweeted us it was Amarillo. Amarillo. Sky. Amarillo. Amarillo. Mothership. It's Aldean there? Oh, yeah. 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 That Good takes song. a tractor. Another, another round. Another round. round. Another round. Take the tractor. Another round. Another, another round. round. He said, "I seen a rat bastard walking around, seven foot tall, from our town." All right, let's dive into it. Um, Cooper Cup just signed the largest guaranteed contract in the history of wide receivers in the NFL. Three years, $75 million guaranteed. Three years, $80 million in total. It's an extension. There's five years on that. I assume they're playing a little salary cap gymnastic with cash over cap situation because Kroenke has all the money. Uh, last year, obviously, he led the NFL in receptions with 178. Receiving yards, 2,425. Yards after catch, which doesn't get talked about. Everybody talks about the triple crown of receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns, which he did lead as well at 22. Yards after catch, 846. Led the NFL in all four of those stats last season. Became the Super Bowl MVP. He is an absolute dog. This guy is a stud. Because normally the yak leader doesn't have the deep ball touchdowns and everything like that. So to be able to be this big of a playmaker at all times, he obviously signed a new contract, the highest guaranteed contract in the history of wide receivers in the NFL, in a Matthew Stafford jersey. Ooh. Basically saying thank you to that Detroit uh, uh, legend. Right, Foxy? Yes, sir. I love it. This is great news for the Rams, and it continues to prove our point that the salary cap is a fugaze. The salary cap might be real to the broke owners, okay? Mm -hmm. You little broke-ass billionaires, okay? You can't do anything. But to the wealthy owners, those who have cash on hand, the ability to put the money up front and into escrow, I believe, to hold on for the guarantees, they will continue to profit and benefit from this, just like Kroenke has with the Rams. Cup, an absolute... Game wrecker is back with the Rams for at least three more years, as is Matthew Stafford, and you would assume Sean McVay as well. What a signing, A.J. Hawk. I mean, he has to be super thankful that Matthew Stafford came there. They seem to have a, a great report from day one. We hear about them when coming into the facility at 4.45 in the morning and going over and watching every possible rep they can and studying the defenses. So 
when you listen to Cooper Cup, I know I mentioned on the show, when they talked to him after one of their games, a Sunday oh, night, yeah. whatever it was, I don't know when it was, he explained exactly the coverage, what they were doing, what we were supposed to do, what I was supposed to do, my adjustment. And he was so nonchalant and just casual about it. I'm like, okay, yeah, I understand why you throw that through the ball almost every play. <laughs> when he gave that answer, that – I think is what led to us learning about him and Matthew Stafford watching film at 5 a.m. every single morning because somebody had to speak like, yeah, Matthew Stafford speaking the same language as Cooper Cup, which is the most efficient and beneficial uh, weapon that you can have in football is when the wide receiver and the quarterback don't have to say anything to each other and everybody knows exactly what's going on here. The offensive line doesn't have a fucking clue what's about to happen. The other wide receivers might not have a clue what's about to fucking happen. Running back got no idea what's about to happen, but you the ability to make an audible on the fly because of what you've seen in film what you've seen on the practice field what you've seen the walkthrough without it's travis kelsey patrick mahomes thing right yeah where they see something and what the play was designed to do travis kelsey early in the game hey if we do that again i'm just going to stay straight as opposed to dropping in i think it's wide open and then all of a sudden in the middle of the game do it try do it do it do it and uh travis has told the story he's like hey shut the fuck up <laughs> yeah. and then aaron Rodgers told the story about Devontae adams where they just look at each other and it's like yep we're doing this cooper cup and stafford were able to do that in less than a year and I think it's because of all the amount of time that they spent together. Yeah, I think he said it was cover two. They kind of showed like a cover two, then it became cover zero. Then the safety kind of crashed down. And we I, I took my uh, out to a post or something. Like, I forget the exact breakdown. You're 100% right. What a lucky find for the Rams. And I'm not saying lucky because um, Cooper Cup didn't put in all the work and everything like that. I'm just saying lucky because there ain't no way anybody predicted Cooper Cup to fucking be what he has become in the NFL other than Cooper Cup in his family. Congrats on getting the highest guarantee in the history of wide receivers. That's fucking awesome. Well, and the craziest part about the entire thing is with this Donald extension and the Cooper Cup extension, they actually created mm-hmm. cap room. Like now they're, for OBJ. For OBJ. Like they're going to be able to bring him in. They obviously signed Allen Robinson in the offseason, who's a stud, and they still have Van Jefferson. It's crazy how good when, they are. When it came to guaranteed money, he is now at $75 million, uh, guaranteed, which is three years. Tyreek Hill, 72.2. Diggs at 70. Devontae Adams, 65.6 million. Hey, now, Devontae's probably going to earn all the bonuses and incentives in his entire thing. But whenever that contract happened, do you remember us shitting our pants? Oh, yeah. The Devontae Adams deal we thought was big. Then Diggs sticks around with Buffalo somehow. He was. Now, we we're thinking he's maybe going to Dallas yeah. to play with his brother. Tyreek Hill gets the trade in a big payday from Miami, and now Cooper Cup on top of it. These numbers are only yodely, 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 Who's yodely. next? Debo. DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel. Terry. There's More a- than 75 guaranteed? Uh, no. No. This I mean, guy, who's next to top this? This dude just came out of Super Bowl MVP. This is what the teams are saying to the players that are like DK Metcalf's agent is telling him, well, here's the new standard. This is what the going rate is for a number one or whatever. And DK Metcalf's agent is going to sell DK Metcalf exactly how DK Metcalf is. This guy's big. This guy has made, he's gotten better every single year. He made this team better. He's beloved here. He loves this place. He got quiet whenever you guys said, hey, we're not trading him. Like there was no conversation in there. But the team's going to come back and say, the guy that got paid that was a Super Bowl MVP he led the NFL in the triple crown of yards receptions and touchdowns and yards after catch so when you can present that okay to us we will pay the same exact that's what the team will say exactly what the team will say but I think the agents and the wide receivers are like no this is just how it goes now this is what it's going to cost to play ball with a good wide receiver yeah, the, when you look at his numbers, I mean, 178 receptions, that's so many catches One year. on the year. Like, as long if they if Cooper Cup can stay somewhat healthy, 
I mean, how do you stop this offense? Honestly, what are you supposed to do? They have so many weapons, and this guy alone, I feel like, creates so many issues for defenses. I mean, the Rams, hey, they're doing it right now. They're kicking the can down the road, as people want to say, but guess what? It's working right now. The Rams have been able to sign Stafford to a four-year, $160 million deal. Cooper Cup to a five-year, $110 million deal. Aaron Donald, a three-year, $95 million deal. Bobby Wagner to a five-year, $50 million deal. Allen Robinson, three years, $46.5 million deal. This tweet coming from Field Yates all this offseason after winning a Super Bowl, and they haven't even brought back OBJ yet, which they will end up doing, who they found a way to pay him money last year. The salary cap is only real to the owners that don't have as much money as the other owners and want to use it as an excuse. The cash over cap expert explanation that Andrew Brandt gave to us yesterday is great news for the teams that have owners with a lot of money on hand. Congratulations to the Denver Broncos, who are probably going to get into this game very soon. And with that GM, Ziggler, who has allegedly been uh, – no, no, Ziggler's with the Raiders. Who's the GM? Patton. Patton. Patton he's going to be able to – this is a dream for him as well. As soon as you get an owner that has yeah. the ability with all the money, it's like uh, – you know how your brother-in-law does it? Or your cousin-in-law, whatever the fuck it is, does it over in L.A.? We can do the exact same model here. Hey, we just need you to front. Will you be able to front us like $400 million every offseason? Robson's like $400 million. Yeah. yeah. What do we even want? 800 This is the NFL, isn't it? I mean, what, yeah, fuck, what do we need to do? They're going to be able to do this forever. Like, that is why new money coming to teams is so exciting, I believe. And congrats to the Rams being able to take advantage of the whole situation, knowing oh, that L.A. is up for grabs right now. Go ahead, Tone. You guys were talking about who the next is probably going to be. If, if you don't think DK or Debo or whoever is going to get that this year more than that, the next year Justin Jefferson is up from his uh, rookie. Who's club. ownership in Minnesota? Because now we can start piecing together. Wilf. Oh. Ziggy oh. Wilf. Yeah. Ziggy Wilf. How much? Is that big Doesn't money? he own a soccer team, so he must have tons of cash. He's been an owner for a long time. I know that. Isn't it, how many teams – like we are the dumbest show. Okay, We <laughs> yeah. are the dumbest show on record every single day. Sure. And everybody knows that. We know sure. that. yeah. How about us, though, with this next-level analysis? How much money does the owner actually have? And then we'll know if he'll be able to sign Justin Jefferson yep. to a deal. We'll be able to know if these things will be able to happen. We'll be able Is to he predict. liquid enough to do that? Yeah, well, now we have to get into the finances of these owners. We need to know where the, investors, or where the investments are. Yeah. Is this money cash? Is this money held up in real estate? Is this money held up in the stock? Crypto? Okay. It's a lot less than it once was. I think it is back on its way up, though. Congrats to crypto. Oh, wow, it's back. I think, I don't know. I, I, last oh, time I saw it like a week maybe. ago. Joining us now is a man who will know more. Actually, no, he won't. Yeah. Nope. This guy works for the NFL and has no idea what's going on when it comes to the salary cap, but he is a senior NFL insider for the league and NFL.com, host of the weekly wrap up with Rap Sheet and Friends. Us being the friends, he being Rap Sheet. Ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rapport. Yeah, Rap Sheet. I synced that Good Morning Football trotted out the Neuralink this morning. The NFL is like, well, somebody's making a very compelling case that everything that has been said on the outside of this league, that our salary cap is a big fugaze. We need to send a Neuralink out there to read a memo and let everybody know that the salary cap is real. We just need to know, after learning this whole cash over cap situation yesterday from Andrew Brandt, who has the most money fluid like who has the actual cash that's going to change this whole game right that legitimately changes everything i think ian first of all i did like how tom did a whole nice segment on like let me explain what the salary cap is but didn't exactly cc at pat mcafee show i feel like it was more kind of like understood you know it would have been just too too aggressive to do like hey pat 
you know, so he just kind of did it, assuming you would see it. Well, and you did. I did see it. Yes. I mean, as soon as that goes up on the, we are added in every single conversation about the salary cap because I feel like <laughs> I'm, really? yeah, every single yes. one that happens around all things. Now we do watch the NFL Network every single day. Mm-hmm. So anybody, anytime the Neuralink trots his ass out there in a hoodie looking super yeah, cool, by yeah. the way. What's uh, that about? He might have been plugged in. Yeah, well, yeah. He might have been plugged in at the time. That's why he was wearing the hoodie, because the plug. Oh. Make genius. him look more personable. So that, yeah. Think get him out of a suit, put a hoodie on him, oh. plug him in. What are you saying about your hat? I'm trying to get my hat properly situated. Yeah, I'm like a lefty mean? pitcher. It's never, like, straight. Is that because of the shape of your head, do you think? I don't think so. Although I feel like I have a normal head, but honestly, maybe not. I, the whole time I might have had an oddly shaped head and not known it. Well, it's possible, right? Welcome to being your true self. Yeah, yeah. let's go, Rashi. Um, to answer your question, though. Yeah, congrats. Uh, We're all happy. There is there was a linebacker named Traven Howard, who is a restricted free agent linebacker who played for the Rams. And I say played because yesterday he got waived. And so his $2.5-something million salary vanished and he now no longer makes it and is on waivers today. The reason why that happened was because the Rams were getting ready to sign Cooper Cup to that three-year extension worth about $75 million or a little more based on the new money average, right? So the, there are ways to work around the salary cap. There are ways to push money into the future, which is what the Rams have done, what the Packers have done, honestly, what a lot of the really good teams have done. Yes. But there are consequences because you have to make everything square and the bill comes due, and the bill yesterday was cutting this linebacker who's actually a really good special teams player. It's not as exciting as Cooper Cup, but it is real. No offense to the special team player. I fucking appreciate his dedication to not only Johnny Hecker, but the entire Los Angeles Rams special teams. But that happens every year. People get cut. Cap casualties happen all the time. What we're saying strictly is that number is just like a um, recommendation almost for the owners that don't have a lot of money on hand. For the owners that have a lot of money, like Kroenke, like Robson Walton, like these people that are able to put the guaranteed money into escrow and able to front the money basically and pay 40 or $61.5 million right now so you can kick that thing on voided years for five, six years. like, And it's only happening to great players who you know aren't going to fizzle out. I feel like this is a loophole that only the uber-wealthy owners – which all owners are uber wealthy. They're all billionaires. They're all flying on their own planes. They're all living very well. But, but for this loophole, it feels like it's only the big money uh, owners that can do it. Am I wrong or right in thinking that? I don't that believe agent? you're right in that because I feel like uh, most of the, honestly, almost all of the owners are at a point where they can do that. Basically every owner by now, because the money's so big, because the TV money's so big, Bronze. the owners have that cash. So theoretically... Almost everybody could do it. Now, you talk about the richest owners, Dave Tepper, the Pagula. What about the Bengals? The what Bengals about the Chargers? Could, can you take a loan out and like, use the team as like collateral? How does that work, though? They a don't lean? have 400 uh, mil. Hang putting on. a lean on the Bengals? I don't think you, can do, I don't think you could do that. Um, you're right. There are some teams that have traditionally not done you know, conversions where you take, you know, you, you, uh, take these – the base salary, you turn it into a signing bonus, you spread it out, you push it into the future. There's some teams that have traditionally not done that either philosophically because they don't want to have a big credit card due eventually um, or because they just cannot spend the money like that. I mean, the Bengals don't do it. The Chiefs haven't pushed a lot of money into the future at all. The Cardinals haven't done it. There are several teams that haven't done it. 
eventually, though, it all comes due. What I believe teams like the Rams uh, have smartly done is say the salary cap is going to be so big that when the dead money comes due, it's not going to matter that much for us. Well, and also, if it comes due, that's only if the player doesn't work out or see it all the way through. If the player no, no, it it comes due eventually. Like the Saints right now this year are paying several million. I forget how much, but it's many for Drew Brees, who didn't work out, right? Didn't play there anymore. Wow, but it worked out pretty good. But just his contract is over. Like, and they have to now account for. They cannot spend that cap space because Drew Brees' dead money is on the cap. So the question, though, like, do do owners care about possible dead money in the future, I guess? And do any owners really care? I'm so sorry. Hold on, AJ, before you get to that, Ian. Go so ahead. Drew played out his entire contract, then he retired? Yes. yes. Then why is there dead money if he played out his contract? Because it all comes due. So basically they push into future, push into future, so much so that the future extended to beyond when he was playing. So basically what Breeze did, if you remember last year, the last year uh, that Breeze played, he took his salary down to like a million, right? Like the minimum. Malcolm Jenkins, uh, Malcolm Jenkins did the same thing. Uh, I believe Alex Mack did the same thing. It's a way to minimize the cap hit, but there's still dead money, so it still counts. And what dead money basically means is you just can't spend it. So you get a little bit less than everyone else because you have to account for Drew Brees' hit, for instance. So what was that? That was voided years on the end that they couldn't just say void and get rid of? Correct. So it's not actual money. So his contract wasn't up. Nobody gets actual money from those voided years, but it does count against the cap. So his contract wasn't up then? It was, and it wasn't. Oh, my God. Go ahead. Are, any, contract, are any contracts ever up then? Like how – and do you, do you see teams yeah. doing this? Is this the model moving forward? Do you think these big – we know Broncos 4.5, 4.6 bill – is this going to be the model? you got to have this cash on hand. It, it feels like it, it is, especially if you really want to compete. And, one, th- you know, the Rams have been, like, in a weird way, like, it's kind of cool that they've won because they've been such a curiosity. They do things so different. And now that they've won, I do feel like it's, it's a little message to teams, like, you may want to think about doing things this way. And the, ways that, the way that the Rams do it is they make big trades. They value – great players over lottery tickets, which are first round picks. They don't mind pushing money into the future. They don't mind saying, well, made a mistake on Todd Gurley, made a mistake on Jared Goff, send those guys away, focus on the guys we have, deal with the cap. Like they take big swings. And I do feel like their teams in the NFL look around and go, well, if the Rams did this and are really good, we should think about doing this because we can and then just manage it how they've done it. Yeah, so the salary cap's fake. No. Yeah, it is. Uh, Feels like it is. It's a, there's a big loophole it's in a, there. It, there. There's a loophole towards surviving this year. It's like the credit card. It's like paying the minimum payment on the credit card. Eventually, they're going to come calling, and you're going to be like, is this spam or is it really the credit card company? Okay, I'll, wow, this is really They the hope to send that to their kids. They don't they, call. they die, and that goes to their kids. Yeah, the next GM. Deal yeah, with it's it. like college debt. Yeah, Sean Payton did that. You guys can figure that out. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Ty. Yeah. Rap yes, sheet. So, like the Bengals and the Chargers, two teams who are going to have to do this in the immediate future to give guys like Burrow and uh, Herbert what they're going to need. Like, is there a chance that they're going to have to sell because they're not going to be able to facilitate what these guys are going to demand in future contracts? No, they can afford it. They can afford it. And that's one great thing about 
the TV contracts is that it's so much money that everyone has money. So they may not philosophically believe in doing these cap conversions, restructuring deals, pushing money into the future. A lot of teams, again, a lot of teams don't. The Bucks didn't until Tom Brady came and was like, all right, we got to change the way we do things. Philosophically, not all teams do it. Uh, the Chargers and the Bengals can afford their mega, mega, mega million quarterback contracts that are coming. Um, but it is, I honestly don't know the answer about whether they're going to say, like, let's push money into the future or whether we can just do it the way we've always done it. Fascinating because I'll be intrigued to see like five years from now if the owners that don't do this in that one per club meeting get so loud that they shut down this loophole. Do you see that happening or no? I I actually think about this as far as like the owners being like, you know what, this is not healthy, I guess you'd say. I don't know if that's the right word, but this is not healthy for all of us to just keep pushing money into the future. Let's figure out a way to make this not happen. Like Teams could look at the same. The Bengals going, guys, guys, this, guys, this isn't come healthy on, for us. Come, come on. on. Come on, guys. Hey, let's go ahead and The Bengals and vote against basically that's everything at these owners' meetings anyway. So if the Bengals vote against it, they'd be like, well, that's Mike. That's Mike Brown. Like, if there's ever, like, you know, if it's ever, like, 30 to 2, I'm always like, all right, the Bengals and who else, you know? Um, but I do think about that because, like, Bears. You know, it is. But <laughs> a lot. Yes, a lot of times the Bears as well. But I do wonder if. Owners will be like, this is not good for any of us. Let's make it so it doesn't happen. It's great, for the, it's great for the players. I hope it continues to, uh, to happen. The great players, at least. Now, there is right. obviously always going to be cap casualties, which I don't love because a lot of those guys are my friends. But I like seeing people make money and get paid for all their hard work. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Rapshi, because of the, you know, the money actually matters now, do you see a lot more places kind of becoming like a Jerry World or a Patriots place where they're going to move their stadium and kind of build it up around it? And also, are the commanders screwed now because it sounds like they're getting pushed back on the movement of their stadium? Yeah, first on the commanders thing, I read a really interesting Washington Post article yesterday, and most of the second half of the on this you know commanders Jack Del Rio issue, most of the quotes are from state representatives who are saying, after hearing this, we're not really going to talk about the stadium in Virginia. That was probably not very good for the commanders, um, and we'll see where their stadium <laughs> actually is. Um, it's that was that was probably pretty alarming. Um, the answer to your other question is yes, because, you know, like, it's, I mean, he doesn't, yeah, it's so, amazing. Him just um, coming out, yeah. here's my thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well. Can you turn on that mic, please? Turn it on. Like, do you think Jack knew the firestorm that was going to come after that? I, knowing him, I'm sure he, I'm sure that's why he did media and was ready for it. <laughs> and then had to come out later and, and he, you know, he was, he was, Fighting or whatever, um, yeah, that was a that was quite a mess yesterday. Uh, the answer to your other question: Teams are going to try to do that, uh, and that is why you saw the Chicago Bears. Remember, they purchased land in Arlington Heights like last Farm. year. Yeah, if they do move the stadium there, that's the goal: own your own land, build a Patriots place, or you know what the Rams have around it. All the money, own all of it, <laughs> make a lot of money, and then everybody gets rich, which they're already rich, but richer. So isn't it fascinating, and I don't want to knock the hustle here or the business, but isn't this isn't this sell to the communities? We're going to build a stadium here, and we're going to bring a bunch of business to the community. Mm-hmm. Then the owners say, also, look at this really cool thing we're going to do. We're going to build our own hotels, our own restaurants, mm-hmm. our own casino, and our own stores, 
it's going to help our community as well. Right. You know, like this, isn't that a fa- that's an interesting yeah. game that's being played, but if you were an owner, why would you not do that? Like that Patriot place is awesome. Damn. It is absolutely awesome. And they have a casino, I think, that goes uh-huh. in there. I mean, it is great business. It's easy for everybody that travels in there. Green Bay has a similar type mm-hmm. operation. Yeah, we, Green Bay's building a really cool one also, yeah. They sure. make $200 million a year in real estate around the, the Packers Stadium. That's not bad. That's a lot of Aaron Rodgers contracts. Jerry makes wow. $70 million every home game. Yeah, from the shit that's from just around, around where he's at. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And they're, and they're, and they're still... I mean, and, and I think what they're going to—I think what they're going to do is around the star, their practice facility, kind of do the same thing. So he'll actually have two places to pull money from. Go ahead, Tom. Ian, um, Texans can't yes. be happy, huh? <laughs> Good question. Your question, um, please answer the question. They are. I, I would. I would assume the Texans are not happy. I, and obviously what you're referring to is the fact that they've now been added yes. to the Deshaun Watson lawsuits because of allegedly, according to a New York Times article written by Jenny Varentis, uh, allegedly giving Deshaun Watson an NDA uh, when I believe one of the masseuses came out on Instagram with some of his information. I believe that's what it was referring to. Uh, no, I don't think this is great for them. Uh, I don't, I'm curious what it all means, and I don't know enough right now to say, like, how meaningful it is, like how are they going to be roped into damages or are they not going to be? But if the only thing, the literal only thing that happens is everyone had to read that headline, very bad. I cannot imagine anyone's happy. I don't like, it's the off season. This is a very serious allegations and it's in a lot of different avenues now at this point and he has the mm-hmm. largest guaranteed contract in the history of the nfl and he's a quarterback yep. in the face of a franchise i mean there's so much that goes into this that we have to talk about this it feels like and this is me just talking about from my own personal perspective there's a lot of alleged 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 oh liquid death pretty good water huh wow. you never drank out of a, you never drank out of a hose growing up for sure no, ever no 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 well i mean we had you know water fountains and all but I, you know every once in a while never Probably never yet. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's kind of a similar feeling right there. That the, when, the first time I drank Liquid Death, I was like, oh, this feels like back summer, right into the hose, yeah. ice cold water. Oh, it, was, oh, it is. That Liquid Death yeah. was a nice nostalgia thing for me, and it's so cold. So, so cold. Get that rust in you. I, uh, I don't want to like go the wrong way in the topic, but I actually like my water lukewarm, um, room like room temperature. Yeah. Um, but it also tastes delicious, and I do love Liquid Death. So I have I have a bunch of them in my office. It's good to sip on. All right. Well, you probably got paid for that, but we um, – No, I didn't. I actually like it. You're looking to go to their little Liquid Death Festival like yeah. you did with Traeger. Remember he was at that oh, Traeger yeah. Festival? Hey, that thank you for the yeah. grill. Yeah. Eating and boozing. This Remember so he was fun. shaving his private parts of Manscaped? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. That's That's right. Right. He wasn't allowed to have his phone for a week. That's right. right. On NFL Network? Yeah, you yeah. weren't allowed to have your phone for a week. Yeah, Remember crazy. that, Ian? You always, you always got some what? angle. Why, why we got to bring up old stuff? Well, it's just old stuff is what leads us to believe what's happening currently, pal. That's kind of the way the world works. We apologize. We're not happy about it. Go ahead, AJ. What were you thinking there? Oh, no, I'm just blown away. I have no idea any of this stuff happened. Was there a tubing situation that I'm unaware of? Uh, what are we talking about? Yeah, he kind of he, – Ian, what did you do? You manscaped yourself on your story, right? <laughs> Live on air? Or? Did he really? No. It, yeah. it, I think so, yeah. I would, I would say uh, we Google equity. has done a very good job of chronicling the situation. I, I stepped away from work for two weeks involuntarily. 
Um, that's not true. Involuntary. That's not true. How did that go, by the way? Did you just have your phone but no internet? So every time you go to it, you check it, you just weren't able to send a tweet? What happened? Uh, I was able to do a lot of things, but I didn't do anything. And you always wonder, like, if if ever that happens, which I hope no one ever has that happen to them, or does that for themselves, what, whichever the case may be. By the way, he um, never I, showed himself. This is him. He did a Manscaped ad, and then it became a big deal, I yeah. think, right? Yeah. Good Google. There's a great, great description of everything somehow. Anyway. Um, Probably because of you. On so your burner. What, yeah. what you That's what he did for two weeks. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. Sorry. No, I mean, I kept thinking like people would just like contact me like, hey, I know you're not working, but here's this news. And it basically never one time in two weeks it happened. So almost yeah. never. Everybody was like, oh, yes, that guy's not working. Call someone else. That's what happened. It was very lonely. Damn. How about you got you kind of got um, coveted when everybody had to go to their house and be mm. alone? That yeah. kind of happened to you. Mm. Everybody just expected. That's a shame, man. Did you, did you respond on the other side like I'm back? But what did you say? Uh, I did do a uh, I did do a I'm back post on the Twitter, uh, and then I think that there were like two stories that that like I had like right after, and I was like, all right, this is man, and it felt like normal, but it was. I would not say the greatest two weeks of my life. <laughs> we missed you, dude. Yeah, we, yeah did. we did. Let's get back to this, though. The Deshaun Watson stuff, it feels like just personally, a couple weeks ago, you know, a lot of like, hey, alleged, this is alleged to happen. There was two indictments that did not come. It was a uh, jury, heard testimony, heard evidence more than we had heard. But this is all alarming. It's very serious. We can't wait to hear. Or not can't wait, but we will hear as this goes and we will yeah. judge accordingly. We want justice to be served. Now, like, it's hard not to just be like, really feels like this dude's a predator. Like, doesn't mm -hmm. it? Like, and I guess that's what the PR uh, in Jenny Verentes and what uh, the um, accuser's attorney, Busby? Busby. 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 Busby has yeah. been doing this entire time. But how does the NFL in the Browns, have they, have you heard anything from the NFL or the Browns about all these new things? Because the Browns have to be sitting there like, oh my. What did we, you know, did they know about, like this? The more we learn and the more we hear, and it's all allegations and accusations, right. and there might be 24 different trials we're hearing, which we'll hear a lot of. If it's anything like Depp and Amber Heard, we're going to hear a lot and learn a lot. Do the Browns or the NFL, is there anybody in there that's like, this can't happen any longer? Like, what is there ever going to be a timeline to this that they tell Deshaun, like, you have to go, you, you have to leave the league and handle this or anything? Because it's not good for anybody in. I would so you're talking about the commissioner's exemplist, right? Which is basically paid leave, taking him off the field and putting him somewhere else, which happened to Adrian Peterson, has happened to a couple of different players over the years. Uh, that is designed or is used for stopping players from playing in games while there are criminal charges pending. As of right now, there are no criminal charges against Deshaun Watson, many, many legal charges, but no criminal charges, and there's no games. So suspended players are allowed to practice. He is obviously not suspended, though he's in, uh, though he is under investigation. If he is suspended, if there is some sort of significant discipline, then he will be, I believe, allowed to practice if history serves. Like DeAndre Hopkins is allowed to practice, and he's starting the season suspended. So the way it is set up, he will still be there on the field practicing, and the only sort of decision that the league would have to make would be when games come, is this wrapped up or is it not? And because it's civil uh, rather than criminal, at least judging from history, it sounds like he would be able to play, but we do not know that for sure. Okay. It's, I would, 
It's not good. And, and let me also add one more thing. Remember we talked about a couple weeks ago where, and Roger Goodell came out and said, the investigation is coming to a close, right? Well, when these new allegations came, these are now being looked into. So I would say it's still on the back end, on the back nine, as you would say. Um, but I don't think it's over because I believe the league is investigating these new claims as well and talking to Deshaun Watson about it as well. Uh, it's the second nine. My mind's uh. in the Augusta. But it is um, – it's very serious. I mean, this is yeah. – I hate talking about it every day because how terrible all the accusations are. But also, it's not good for the NFL for this to continue to go. And Deshaun, I mean, I don't know how – he just doesn't – does he not read any – does he – uh, well, he went, there's no private on Twitter. Private on Twitter, yeah. so. private on Twitter and on Instagram. I yeah, guess. post that IG. Now uh, let's ask you. Uh, let me ask you about the Cooper Cup thing because it felt like you wanted to break the news, but you didn't know all the details. So you said like, "Hey, coming soon." It feels like there will be a deal with Cooper Cup, north of twenty million, amongst all the other highest paid wide receivers in the NFL, which he rightfully deserves. How long? Right. And you, you alluded to this, I think, like a week ago with us, or maybe earlier in the week with us. I forget the exact right. time. You're like Cooper Cup deal probably coming soon. How long has this been in the works? And uh, 75 million guaranteed is the most all time at the position. That's great news. I feel like that's how they pitched it to Cooper Cup whenever they sold him on this deal. Yeah. So receiver contracts are like impossible to figure out because you have like, let's say Tyreek Hill at 30, but the last year is so big. It's Figuring out where he is among the highest paid is hard, but he did very well. And this is a really good deal for him. Um, I think as far as when this was going on, so probably like a week and a half, maybe two weeks before the Aaron Donald deal was done, uh, they started working on Cooper Cup. So basically simultaneously, I had a pretty good sense, I would say yesterday morning that it was going to happen. And then when I reported what I did, which was, you know, the two sides have made significant progress, a deal could come Today, it was basically with the understanding that a deal was coming probably tonight, but wasn't quite finished. And just judging from all the factors, how far along it was that a deal was happening, I decided to report it like right then rather than get wait scooped. for like the, yeah. okay, it's done. That's yeah. basically it. Yeah, you don't want to get scooped there, right? Do not want to get scooped, yes. Oh, good play by you. Yeah. you. That's like the classic. That's like the classic. Put the eyeballs out when something's about to happen, yeah. mm-hmm. and then oh, it does happen. Just letting everybody know we knew about this beforehand. Yeah, can't thank you enough for joining us. What's coming next? Uh, next week we got another round of uh, mandatory mini camps. So we'll see if there's any holdouts there. Okay. Maybe. Oh, whoa, whoa. Baker yep. and Jimmy exiled from their camps. Oh. That's what Brady right. Quinn said. That's a Brady Quinn, not me. I'm just quoting that's that guy's brother-in-law. Excuse from mini camps. Kenny Moore not at mini camp, I believe here uh, in uh, Indianapolis. Kenny Moore at mini camp. Let's go. Uh, although he, although he does oh, want a new contract. Hey, uh, I'll go through it in a sec. That was good stuff about Darius Leonard, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate that. I tried to do my I, research. I thought the same thing when I, I was like back surgery, like this, but anyway, that was good. Turns out um, it was good news allegedly. Like that. That's what they. It is actually good news because they found what was affecting his ankle. It's like this is great news. He might be. Yeah, I can't yeah, wait to see level. him play football with a functioning ankle. That'll be great. It's been, it's been a little bit since he was fully healthy. Um, so, yeah, so no no Baker uh, in Cleveland, which makes – I know it's sort of exiled, but it just makes no sense to have someone awkwardly standing there on the sidelines. He may or may not be on the team. He may or may not be the starting quarterback. I don't know if he's going to go or not. And then everyone wants to talk to him, and teammates are kind of like 
talking to him, but you don't really know if he's going to be there. And then, oh, by the way, Deshaun's there. Like, feels like the right move to say, just hang out home, do your thing, and we'll figure it out. And we might need you to play this year. And we might need (laughs) you to play, or we might trade you. Hey, he might play this year, right? Or no, is Jacoby going to be the guy if it's not Deshaun this year? I would say both are on the table. Uh, There's arguments to be made for both. Uh, For Baker, to me, being a starting quarterback is probably the most important thing. So if that's his only option, I would say it makes sense. If he has another option, like maybe like the Panthers, then that makes more sense. All right, we appreciate you, Ian. You're the best, buddy. Have a great day. I'm surprised you're not golfing. You're not golfing today? I played earlier. How'd you do? Uh, I drove the ball absolutely everywhere except where it was supposed to be, so I shot... Uh, a 90, which was awful, but well, just I just couldn't drive it. Off, so. To be honest, looking at you, I think we all assume 110, 120, especially if you're walking. <laughs> so you're getting 90. That's amazing. Look at you beating our, yeah, our expectations cool. by 20 strokes. I f- that feels a little hurtful, but you're not totally wrong, so I'll allow it. Now, you play a lot, so we would hope that you would continue to go south of a hundo, but today, not a good day. Get a 90. Not bad. Ladies not and gentlemen, bad. you had a great appearance on here. Ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rappaport. Guy who's been in jail in Texas. What? Whoa. Now he's a champion in Texas. Mm-hmm. A member of the Chicago Bulls, an absolute stallion, Paisano, Alex Caruso. Yeah! yeah! So, what, what did I walk into? Uh, we're oh. talking about uh, happy endings and legalities of them and all that stuff, Alex. That was that was a that was a great intro, but that was a great sixty seconds prior to the intro to just get, <laughs> get me jump started into the show. Well, it's great to have you. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. I thought I spent enough time separating you from the explosion of semen, <laughs> but I guess not. You know, I guess you the were the buffer was not not big enough apparently. All right, can you take him off the screen real quick? Uh, hey, AJ, how you doing today, man? <laughs> I'm doing great. How are you? I'm pretty good, dude. I'm pretty excited. Ty, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Connor, life? Yeah, fantastic. Oh, big win last night. Huge win. For you guys losing Boston, but it's big. Tone, how you uh, feeling, man? Couldn't be better. Hey, me too. Joining, you know why I'm so pumped up? Why? Oh, first time guest. What? Yeah, first time guest on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, a member of the Chicago Bulls, <laughs> Alex Caruso. Yeah! yeah! Much better, much better. All right, hey, how you doing, man? How's the off season? What are you up to? Are you down in Texas? Are you in Chicago? What do you got going on? Yeah, no, I'm down in Texas. Uh, bought a house in Austin in the off season, so I'm down here just, you know, working out, playing golf, hanging with my dog, doing what Texas kids do, I guess. Um, the golf. Are you a member at any country clubs? <laughs> Is there uh, any success that we need to talk about? A potential call that happened today? Um, no, no official six. I mean, the steps are in order. I just, you know, there's, there's some, the first step is, is taking place. We gotta go two and three and then we'll, then we'll be, you know. AJ, I was so baffled. This dude's in the NBA. He's playing in Tahoe for the first time coming up in a month from now. Can't wait to see him out there. He just moved to Austin. He told me the other day, I got to go meet with somebody to see if I can become a member at this court. You can't. You're fucking Alex Caruso. You can just pay the money. You're there. I don't understand what the deal is. Is this some super secret course? No, it's, I mean it's a nice course. It's one of the it's one of the nicer ones in Austin, uh, Spanish Oaks Country Club. But Ooh. you know, yeah, took the tour today. They got a they got a brisket. They got a guy just out there cooking cooking a bunch of meat on hole seven. Just brisket, jalapeno cheese sausage. Tested that out. Oh, what? <laughs> it got the it got the seal of approval for the uh, the born and raised Texas kid. So yeah, as soon as we can get this stuff, you know, the the process a little hurried up. I'm. 
excited to get out there and take advantage of that. Hey, shout out to Spanish Oaks. Ah, shout out. Hey, let's get this thing done. He's Alex Caruso. Texas guy is going to be playing golf in front of the world about a month from now. How's your game? Are you a player? I assume you're a stick. Great athlete. Yeah, so we, we've talked previously, right? So I'm like a mid-80s guy, right out of right out of the season. I haven't played a lot, you know, coming off of wrist surgery. You know, we're, oh. we're, we're coming in, coming in fresh. Uh, I did pop off a nice little 81 yesterday. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Raise some eyebrows. Raise some eyebrows. Um, that's that's not the median, though. The median's probably like mid-80s. Good word. Who do you normally play with? Like any of your teammates, any good? Um, I played with Zach before. I played with Zach. He, he's new to it a couple years in, but, I mean, he's so athletic. Like, give him like a year or two. He's going to probably be in the 80s, too. Uh, Matt Thomas, one of the guys that was, was one of our uh, reserve players this year. I played with him a bunch. Um, and then I played with, I mean, in the bubble, I played a bunch with JR and then Kuz and then a couple of our assistants. Hey, Dude, no. honestly, COVID kind of COVID kind of swept the golf bug into the NBA. And I know a bunch of people have started playing a lot more just because of, you know, that was the only thing you could do for a year and a half. Okay, so this is a good conversation starting point here. The, the bubble obviously had no fans. Uh, then it became like partial fans. Did guys get comfortable without the fans there and with more space around the court? And now the fans have been completely integrated back into the sport. Is there a beef between players and fans? Is that just a normal thing? Because what happened last well, night with Draymond and uh, Clay being like, "This isn't classy," and everything, it's Boston. Like that's going to happen. Yeah, it's Boston. What do you? I mean, what do you expect? Yeah, 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 yeah. So is that a thing though? Is there some? Because you guys are more intimate with the fans than any other sport, I think, yeah. and that's a real relationship that I feel like we only learn about when it goes bad is there real conversation around the league about that i mean you know it's it's just highlighted right now right it's the finals boston hasn't been there in however many years um you know their fans are traditionally pretty rowdy i don't think that's like a a new thing if you follow basketball like everybody knows boston's a little any sport crazy they they get their they get their beers in pregame you know we'll just put it like that They, they 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 don't hold back but no, I mean, the bubble was fun just because it was almost like, you know, glorified pickup to a point because there's no fans, right? So it feels like a little bit like the summer. Um, but then once they throw the ball up, you know, the games the games got back to being NBA games, and you're like, oh, okay, now I, I got to guard Damian Lillard, so I should probably like, focus up a little bit. <laughs> but hey, no, nah, the, the, the fan interaction, my bad, the fan interaction is just is what it is. Like, you're going to get that in any sport. You just can't always hear them in football because there's, you know, 80,000 to 60,000 people and in, in you're 50 yards away from the field. Why do you think we see it so more, like, or at least I guess because social media, whatever, it could always be happening. Now we just see it more, but is it partly because they sell every seat possible? Like your head coach is sitting here and there's five yeah. randoms that paid 50 grand to have the seats between like the, the press, the little booth and the uh, yeah. end of your bench. Like you guys don't even have anywhere to sit. Yeah. To be honest, some places I really hate playing just because like the, the, the last seat on the bench you literally are knocking knees with whoever pays, you know, pays money for that baseline seat far right next to the bench. Like, you, you got some dude over there just drinking, you know, Miller Lite, Fine. yelling, yelling some obscenities, and you're over here like trying to focus, play a game. Uh, that there's a couple arenas. Boston's one of them. Oh, yeah. uh, Phoenix is one of them. Of course, Golden State's one of them. Where you just are like, you're literally in the fans' lap. And like, other than that, I really don't, you know, I really don't give a shit. It's like you can put fans wherever you want like they're fans they're gonna do what they do you kind of like that's kind of part of like comes with the territory right like you got to be a professional athlete you got to deal with that but 
Yeah, the, the ones the ones at the end of the bench are the ones that 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 really bug me. The ones next to the scores table, those ones aren't that bad. Those are what the showcase or superstar seats mm-hmm. or whatever. They're at every arena, the opposite of the hard yeah, camera. Yeah. It's like four or five seats, and they charge like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars for those seats. Yeah. But you're yeah. gonna get on TV. You're gonna be on TV. Well, you're gonna be able to do whatever you want to do. Uh, let's get talk. Street credit. Yeah, get your street and market <laughs> something if you wanna mm-hmm. if you wanna market yeah, yeah, yeah. it. Big branding opportunity. Big, especially for old Caruso there, huh? Maybe get yourself some. Well, uh, no, I'm on the court, so you know. Hey, what age? At what age did you know you were going to make the NBA? Did you? Because I feel like uh, my take on the NBA is much smaller community because there's obviously less guys on the team, but also it's almost like you know whether somebody's going to be in the NBA or not. Did you know your entire life? And how many of these guys have you known since you were a kid playing? No, I really didn't know. So I was like, I was a late bloomer. My my career is kind of cyclical. Like high school, I was a late bloomer. Won D one, and then college, I was like. I played a little bit. We weren't very good. Bloomed late into like a, you know, professional prospect. Um, but even then, like, you know, I had to go to the G League for a whole year and then I had to play two way. I think I think probably after the summer league where I kind of like jumped onto the scene when I was playing with the uh, with the Lakers. That was kind of when I like figured it out. I was like, all right, I'm just going to keep working. I'll get a little better and I'll eventually make it. Um, but no, I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't like a top 10 recruit in the country i wasn't the mcdonald's kid i didn't really know until i knew you know until they like let me have the contract and a pin and it was like hey sign this i was like all right cool now now i'm in oh so i'm signing an nba contract yeah. Yeah. i thought this was potential right, so now i'm allowed on the court in a uniform got it how was it playing with braun in the lakers it seemed like you were beloved by that entire squad and obviously lebron's name automatically draws reactions from people because he has been a superstar since he's like 13 14 years old and has been mm-hmm. able to handle it all what was your relationship like with him and how would you describe him that maybe people wouldn't necessarily uh say or see from the outside looking in yeah i have a great relationship with him um you know everyone sees the the basketball stuff right you know you see the plays and the alley-oops and the passes and stuff uh, we, we had a really good chemistry of, on the court of just like reading, you know, taking advantage of other teams. You know, that's something that he does at the highest level, most elite level. And then I'm I'm pretty good at it and I'm getting better the more I play, the more years I get under my belt. But we just had a good connection. Um, and then off the court, man, you know, he's just one of the guys, you know, he, he, he's in the group chat just like everybody else. Uh, he's a he's actually a, like he's a really big jokester. Like you can kind of tell a little bit through like his social medias, like he he's kind of a goofball, but he he just is like a big ass kid, you know, and he just happens to be the the brainiac that he is in the business world, but like basketball wise, he's just another guy on the team, cracks jokes, shows up to shoot around, you know, all the other stuff. Uh, obviously, I'm a little biased because you know he he helped me win a championship, so that was like, you know, I I, I hold him in high regard, but yeah, I think I mean. From the outside looking in, people are always going to hate greatness. You know, that's just kind of how it is. You know, there's people that hate Tom Brady for some reason when there's really no reason to. You know, it's one of those things where you're on his team, you love him. You're you're not on his team, you kind of hate him. Would you like to see uh, LeBron end up playing with his son here in a couple years? I think that'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be cool. Well, you forget he's got a couple of sons, and the way he's going, he might be able to play with, you know, both of them. (laughs) The dude, dude's a freak, man. He's he's an animal. Like I don't know, he figured it out. Whatever the code is, whatever the the health and wellness, like he's he's just a really smart guy in general. You know, people don't give him credit for how smart he is. You know, just in life, 
he's got a great brain and he's figured out how to keep his body in top shape and then his discipline to do that is just it's ridiculous what happens that what year are you going into uh next year year six you feeling older i know you had that wrist injury that kept you out a little bit we're all very <laughs> bummed about it but are you starting to have to do anything different for your body because the nba is so yeah. much running yeah. so much running travel a lot of games mentally it's probably exhausting have you had to change or adapt and did lebron help you with that at all because it feels like that's his biggest weapon to be able to maintain the level that he's maintained for all these like decades now at this point yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, being around, you know, when I was in L.A. for those those two years where I was on a regular contract with them, we won the championship, and then the year after, just being around professionals, like guys that have spent a decade plus in the league, you know, Danny Green, Rondo, Dwight Howard, uh, Braun, A.D., um, they, it just rubs off on you. You know, when you see them in there before everybody else, and then they're getting their work in, taking care of their bodies, you know, watching the diet, getting the recovery, uh, it really taught me how to be a pro. And then this year, you know, I think I averaged somewhere around 30 minutes a game. And that's the first time, you know, my professional career, maybe since the G League. But, you know, it doesn't compare to the NBA, just playing that many minutes. So for me, this year was kind of a learning experience to figure out, you know, how much I need to eat, you know, when I need to sleep, when I need to get my massages, when I need to do the ice, the ice bath. Uh, so, you know, it's all just a learning experience. You know, you got to figure out what works for you. Everyone's different. But, uh, yeah, just, I mean, learning how to be a pro, you know, now 28 going into six year, I think I pretty much know how to do it. Like I'm more excited for the next five, six years than I am, you know, the last five. Uh, Steph Curry completely changed the game. And have you guys acknowledged that within the league? It's a whole new game now. It feels like since Steph has kind of arised, uh, kind of come onto the scene. Now I'm not saying he's the only shooter, but the NBA is much different than it was what, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And it's yeah, only evolving even more. When you watch him play and you when you watch Golden State play, do you think like other teams, this is what teams are going to try to do in the future, or is he an alien? Yeah, I mean, the game's already gone that way. You know, I was watching random random highlights. I can't remember who it was. Uh, just from, you know, late 2000s before the 2010s. And you got a center, like you got like Ben Wallace, who does nothing but rebound, block shots, set screens, dunk. And then you have a power forward who might shoot threes, but more than likely shoots like 15 foot jump shots and then rebounds and does all that. Like the, the game is just, you know, it's so much different. If you don't have a five man that can step out and, and shoot threes or, you know, at least one that comes off the bench where you can play a small five, uh, five guy lineup, you know, there's just not enough space on the court anymore. You know, it was, like you said, Steph kind of ruining, ruining the game, <laughs> changing the game. Uh, He's shooting it from 30 feet, and he's making it at like a 50% clip if you don't guard him. Like it just stretches the floor out, so you have to have guys that can guard multiple positions. You have to have guys that can switch. You have to have guys that can do multiple things, rebound, dribble, pass. It's really just it's becoming more and more positionless basketball, right? Like there's no traditional centers. There's no traditional small forwards, point guards, where it was like point guard brings the balls up, ball up runs the play shooting guard and small forward are kind of like scoring and then the bigs are setting screens and rebounding that uh, doesn't exist anymore huh. what's your uh, what's your off season look like i know basketball players talk about they get together and play pick up games with other pros or college people and always like is there something that you like to work on every off season to try to improve yeah that's part of the, i mean at this point you know from from my background you know going undrafted g league two-way to the NBA, it's like every year I had to like do something in the summer to try and get better, right? To learn, to try and improve because I was trying to make a team. I was trying to make it into the league. 
so that's just kind of like the DNA I have now is like, I think I, like I have a little bit of a perfectionist complex to where it's like, no. not, you know, if I'm not doing something then I feel like I'm like being passed or something. And that's like, I guess that's the best trait you can have as a pro athlete, right? Just yes. work on the discipline, work on the drive. Like once you get it, you know, from there, it's just about showing up and putting in the work. So for me, you know, every, every off season, there's something that the last year I'll, I'll, I'll write specific games down throughout my like notes in my phone or something and put it in my, my computer to where I can remember. It's like, all right, I remember that game. I did X, Y, and Z. It's like, okay, now I remember like, that's, that's what I gotta, that's what I gotta work on this summer. What so you said, there's, there's 82 games. Like you're not going to remember something that happens in November and April when you're getting ready for playoffs. How do you feel about the shot right now? For shot good? What are we working on? Handles? Shot feels good. Shot feels really good. Really? Ooh. Still got it? I had a, had, a, had a good day on the court yesterday. I got one coming up in a couple hours now. But I told you, that's that's just part of the basketball. Like you know, In the offseason, offseason basketball, everybody that plays in the league is Steph Curry. <laughs> Why? Like every, because it's just like there's there's – there's no rules. There's no structure. You're literally just out there like like a kid again, where you're just like hooping for the fun of it, you know. And, and there's some people who are good enough to translate that into the NBA. You know, the Stephs, LeBron, Dame Lillard, Jason Tatum. Like, there's some people who are just you know God-given ability to be able to play like that all the time. And then there are people like me who play a good role, do what they're supposed to do, work on their game off season, and then show up to open runs and play like I played at the rec center in college. <laughs> <laughs> How tall are you? I like six five. Uh, so yeah. it's, uh, you, if you Damn. were just like six three or six four, you could walk into any of these open gyms and they'd be like, oh, "The bald white, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the last," and then just light it up. Right? I mean, I, you think I, you think at this point I can walk into a gym and someone at a basketball gym, someone's going to recognize me, especially in Texas. I would. Who are you playing against? Are you playing with anybody else, or do you just? No, I'm just working out. I'm just working out. I'm not doing. I'm not playing any pickup yet. Where do you work out? Your own gym? Go to college gym? Austin, Texas, somewhere? What do you do? No, the, the guy I'm working out with, he actually could get into the UT gym. I told him, I was like, hey, man, I prefer not, you know, like this, this being an A&M guy, it kind of goes against the code of ethics that uh, oh. that I grew up with. So it's just, I mean, Hoopers just need a gym. You know, it's like you finding a random field and kicking footballs into the sky. Like you just need a, a basket, some lines and a couple of basketballs. So middle schools, uh, some private schools, high schools. You know, wherever you can get in, you fit in. It would be awesome just roll into one gym and all of a sudden the guy's just like, that dude's 25 or 30 right now. <laughs> yeah. You know, like those workouts are just a much different level. There's levels to this shit. We're talking Alex Caruso of the Chicago Bulls. How do you feel about the Bulls? What was it like to play for such a legendary program like the Chicago Bulls? Not that the Lakers weren't, but you became no, a yeah. guy for the Chicago Bulls. One on an electrifying run yeah. towards the end of the season, I do believe. Uh, what do you feel yeah. about how do you feel about the Bulls and what was your time like there last year? It was good, you know, getting used to the city. Um, I knew that, you know, everyone knows the history of the Bulls, you know, especially with the last dance came out, like everybody learned the ins and outs of, you know, the true history of them. So that was that was fun to do and, and get to know before I showed up. Uh, but just, you know, the, fa- the fans in general, they're just, they're good sports fans. You know, Chicago, Chicago citizens, they just, they understand the game. They understand football, baseball, basketball. Like they, they know what a good play is, what a bad play is. Like there's couple of games this year where we got booed because we played like shit. And I was like, yeah, well, that's pretty fitting. Like, I was <laughs> me too. You know, and it's just one of those things where it's like you just show up the next day and get right back to it. But I love I love playing in Chicago. Um, I love Billy Donovan. I love our front office. I love our team. Um, we had great guys. You know, it was a year of a lot of adversity for our team. You know, we, we went through a – we were the first team to get really, like, wiped out by COVID in November. 
Um, then we had, you know, we lost Pat Williams, second or third year player, who's like the number five pick, who's going to be our starting power forward. Lost him like second game of the year. Uh, I had some injuries. Zach was injured. Lonzo was injured. Uh, it was just a rough year, you know, outside of the actual content of basketball. But the the you know the product on the court and the basketball part was was a lot of fun. I can't wait to see what you guys do next year. Zito got all excited about the Bulls being <laughs> back. Zito loves it. Absolutely loves Zito's it. Good guy. Is he? Shout out to, shout out to Zito. Yeah, 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 one time. Oh, yeah. I had a baby Z. Five or six Grayson Allen, I'm smacking the shit out of him, too. <laughs> right, right in the mouth. Right, right in, in the, the mouth. mouth. Do you and him have quite a battle? Is that why he hurt you? Like, there can only be one uh, white out here at the time? <laughs> He's a punk. No, you know, it's, it's, I have an inside joke with my friends. It's like, you know, the white guys got to stick together in the league because there's only, like, eight of us or ten of us. <laughs> no, it was, just, it was just a bad play. The worst part about it was, like, he... He reached out to apologize, but it was just like a little late in the season. So I was like, all right, don't worry about it. Like, I'll just talk to him after the season. And then we played him in the playoffs. I'm like, all right, this is perfect. Like, into the into the series, like, I'll just talk to him. Like, hey, bro, no ill will. Like, uh, I'm not going to, you know, forgive you for it. But, like, I don't have any, like, I don't wish bad upon the man. Like, I, I don't like I, do. I don't like, yeah, I know you do, Zito. But I don't, I don't wish, like, I hate seeing guys get injured. You yes. know, like, I want guys to be able to be healthy, play basketball, earn their money. You know, do whatever they got to do. Um, but, yeah, so then I had the concussion game five, and we lost game five, and I couldn't say anything to him. So I guess I need to I need to reach back out. And, hey, and, Grayson, and there's no beef, even though a lot of people say you're just a fucking asshole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, there you go. Not, you. not him. He's the only one more, not saying yeah. More or less words. More or less words. <laughs> Alex, how long does it take when you get from, like, the G League into the actual league? Like, how long does it take to acclimate to the speed and the skill of the game and then from going – from that point to like actually making an impact in the games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's night and day, right? Like, I think G League's probably somewhere between high level college and the NBA. Um, you know, it's, it's probably it's probably close to a couple of the overseas leagues that are really elite, that are really good as far as talent wise. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, that whole first year I spent in the G League was me just learning how to play professional basketball. What's you know? different? Well, in college, I'm coming up, I'm playing point guard, and I'm looking over the sideline, like, hey, coach, what play are we running? And then I'm walking the ball up. you got 35, 30 seconds, and I'm like, hey, four down, and then getting everybody in order and going. It's like the NBA, if you got an advantage, you just take it and go. You know, like, you, you, don't, you don't wait for permission to do something in most cases. There are some coaches that are, like, super old school that want you to run a bunch of plays every time. But for the most part, it's like quick. Are those coaches action. still around? Are they able to be in the league anymore? Yeah, I mean they're they're far and few in between, but but yeah, there's still some. Like I think Rick Carlisle's a big play caller. Um, I think Thibodeau's like that. Uh, you know, I think I think I think there's only a few though. You know, the leagues the leagues shift into to younger coaches that you know I think are more yeah. you know player <laughs> player player relationships and like understand the change of the game. Like we just yeah. talked about, like the game's different than what it was 10, 15 years ago. Looks like Jim Carrey, though, so that's cool. Yeah, that's yeah, good. It's, it's funny, funny. probably. Yeah. yeah, he won in the past, though, and he's here in Indy. Why don't you come? Hey, we'll get we'll get you out of that, yeah. that dump of Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> come on oh. down to Indianapolis, Indiana. Okay. Well, easy there. Easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chicago, great city. Um, how many headbands do you go through during the season? I've seen you become a big-time headband guy. Is that because your big bald dome glistens off of people's faces and eyes, or why is that? It- it, it was before the full shave, but it was a. Uh, we'll give a quick shout out to Javale McGee. He was the one who who originally told me I was like, "Dude, you should rock the headband." I was like, "All right, I'll try it out." And then I played good, and then he started doing the little you know celebration thing, and it just kind of stuck. 
So we went through it. We also, I got to give a shout out to our equipment guy, Steve. He was with you in Indianapolis. Steve. Uh, Steve. Good dude. And I talked to him yesterday on FaceTime. I FaceTimed him because I need him to send me some shoes from, from the gym. And he told me to, to tell you hello. So I've got to make Steve's sure I Steve's good that. dude. Steve is a good dude for the us. Best. I assume the same for you guys. Yeah. Yeah, the best. The best. Okay, awesome. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the headband just kind of stuck. I say, I usually, well, I don't say I usually, I go through two a game, right? Because I'm just, I'm a heavy sweater, right? So some people change jerseys at halftime. I switch, I got to switch headbands because that thing is, it's gross. You know, by the time we get to the locker room, I've played 15 minutes already. So I'm, I'm full sweat and there's nothing, right? There's nothing to catch it. So it's just, it's going straight onto the headband. So two a game, or 82 games, maybe some playoffs, so maybe 200 headbands. <laughs> you should do something with those, obviously, yeah. but wash them first. Yeah, yeah. AJ? Yeah, definitely wash them. Hey, are you watching uh, the finals right now, and what do you think uh, is going to happen in this one? I know we have a Boston guy, Connor, over there, believes oh, yeah. the Celtics going to run away with it, but do you think the, uh, the Warriors still have some fight left? No, definitely. I've definitely been watching. You know, it's part of the – it's like a fine line between like me being eager and me also just being super jealous. You know the competitiveness in me. Like I'm just pissed that I'm not there. And these do you guys care who like, wins? No, I don't. I don't care. I, I, as soon as I lose, my care for the NBA season goes out the window. <laughs> like I'm just over it. You know, it's one of those things where it's like so, after I've lifted the trophy and I've drinking the beer and the champagne and had the goggles on. Like oh. the only thing I want to do is do that again. And so every year I don't get to do it. It's just it's a little part of me that just is like being tweaked and, and, and being pulled inside. But no, finals finals have been good so far. I just don't know. Um, I don't know who's going to win to be honest. You know, I feel like I feel like Boston plays at a really high level and they do really good, but then they turn the ball over for a couple of minutes and then all of a sudden it's a game. Um, I also don't think Draymond and Clay are going to play as bad as they have the first couple of games. You know. Uh, I don't think they're going to run away with it. If Boston wins Game Four, it's going to be it's going to be tough for for Golden State. But you know, if any team can come back from three one in the finals, it's probably going to be the guys that you know won three in four years. Yeah, I mean, except for the hypocrite that's Clay Thompson who made fun of LeBron for saying something similar to what he said about Boston just a few years ago. Yeah. I've turned on the Golden State team after what happened last night in Boston. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm big fan. This is not Alex Caruso's <laughs> words. These are my words. That was. Some of the most bitch-made stuff I've ever seen in my entire life, especially if it wasn't Boston, if it wasn't like the most expected thing of all time in yeah. all sports since the beginning of time, I think I wouldn't have been there. Like, I wouldn't have had that big of a deal, but I love Steph. Used to love Clay. Yeah. Used to love Draymond. Mm-hmm. Pool's cool. Pool seems cool. He- well, what's Jack- the, uh, Jack what's that ball from uh, Hank Lord. There's that Dark Knight quote. What is it? It's like you uh, live long you enough live to long. become. Yeah. 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 That's that's kind of what it's becoming, isn't it? What is it? You die a hero, live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Become the yep. villain. Yeah. Shout out to you. Hey, Friday, though. Friday in Boston is going to be. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be rowdy. It, they are going to put on a show. And it it's because be there's just. I don't know how many, 15,000 of these. Connor, your question for Alex Caruso? Closer to 20,000, but yeah, it's going to be very rowdy on Friday because <laughs> no one's going to have to you know, wake up in the morning and go to work a lot of Dunkin' Donuts. Alex, one of the big storylines of the finals is the fact that the Warriors come out in the third quarter and you know just dominate. I think under Steve Kerr, they're like plus 2,500 in the playoffs or something mm-hmm. ridiculous like that. What the hell happens at halftime? Do they switch jerseys like you said and it's like a shooter jersey oh. and all of a sudden they just hit everything? What are the halftime adjustments? like 
people have been trying to figure that out for 10 years, man. Well, tell now, me that. I, 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 if I if I knew the answer, I probably would have beat him a couple more times. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't. There's just man. There's something. There's something about the competitive, you know, competitiveness of champions like Draymond, Clay. Uh, they got Iggy, uh, Steph. Obviously, like they, there's just something about it to where you know if you're that elite of a player, you can just flip it on and off, and sometimes. You know, you go into halftime, and you're like, all right, I was kind of bullshit, and like, let me let me lock in. Like I saw, it, I've seen it with with LeBron, AD. You know, like there there's an elite crew where you can just kind of like, you just they're like, all right, I'm gonna start trying. So it's it's like that meme where the guy's sitting back in his chair, and then he like leans yeah. forward and puts his like elbows on his knees, and he's trying. Like that's sometimes that's just what it is. How many threes do you make right now? You go shoot fifty of them on normal practice day. Whenever you go to that middle school gym right there, just catch and shoot. Where are we shooting from? Like ten from five spots. Uh, yeah. Ten from five spots. I'd probably expect to make it somewhere between forty and forty-five. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> That's so much fun. I bet. How much fun is that? That's a great time. You have a blast. Yeah. Well, when you get when you get hot, I mean, you know, as a shooter, you know, when you, you get hot. It's just like you, you. I start talking shit out loud, just like to nobody, just to the air. I'm just like, I'm like asking the workout guys. It's like, hey, they got another net in the back. Like, we're gonna need. To- <laughs> <laughs> you like that with your That's golf the- game? Your golf game like that as well? No, no, no. Eighty-one. Uh, I do. I do. Good. I do get. I do get a little hot. Like yesterday, when I, I said I shot eighty-one, I shot thirty-eight on the back nine in the last Jeez. like eight holes. I was one under. Like I haven't had a stretch like that in probably like. Like, no, that's not normal. See, that's that's. Yeah, but that's, that's exactly a, what you do when yeah. you're shooting. That's I, a good stretch. I, I just said, like, do you do that? You're like, no, it never happens or whatever. That's a fucking great eight holes there, pal. Yeah, but the basketball thing, I can do that seven days of the week. The, the golf thing, that's like once out of every month. Well, we'll see you next month in Tall Hill. Time digs your question for Alex Caruso. Alex, speaking of getting hot, you've mentioned, like, Steph and Dame a few times. Ah, and- too many Italians. Sorry about it. No, I'm joking. He didn't deserve that. Neither did you. Go ahead, Tom. Sorry, Sorry about that, Cruz. Um, and getting hot, like, and you obviously have to cover those guys. Is there a guy? Is it is it them? Like, who if they get hot, you're just like, yeah. What am I gonna fucking do? Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, there's probably 50 guys in the league that can do that, but there's a couple that like it doesn't matter what you do to start. Like, there's a, there's probably a handful of guys where it's like, all right, if you you follow the game plan. And, and you keep them off of their strong hand or dominant hand, like which way they like to go, keep them off their like their go-to moves. You, you know, you can do a good job of them. There's certain guys in the league that like, you have to show up, play hard as hell, follow the scouting report, and then hope that they don't have just like a good night. <laughs> you know, like, like some nights I can go out there and play the best defense, follow the scouting report, coverage-wise, the bigs are up, they're doing everything they're supposed to do, and they're just gonna make tough shots. You know, like some guys are just going to do that and then they'll get their average. But if you show up and you kind of bullshit, then they're going to get 40. <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of where it lies. It's like if you show up and do your job, like they're going to get their average, like the best 20 players in the league. You're not going to stop them from getting their 25, their 20, whatever it is. Like that's just going to happen with the free throws transition. They're going to score enough points. But if you don't show up to play, they're going to get 40 to 50. Do you talk shit? Any shit talking? Who's the best at it? No, not really, dude. After I, I did a lot in high school, a lot in high school. I was I was a little shit in high school. I was talking shit to everybody. Yeah. College, college, it kind of it kind of waned out a little bit. But then there was, you know, you got into some conference games on the road at Arkansas, Alabama, 
Auburn's worst. Uh, there's there's just you know some frat boys in the crowd talking shit. And you gotta you gotta let them know, hey, you're you're here to watch me. Uh, but then once I got to the league, I was like, I I'm not gonna make this any harder on myself than I have to, you know, because there's some guys that they t- you talk shit to them and they like wake up, yeah, and they're like, oh, you want you want me to try, and then they like <laughs> score ten points in the rest of, like the last five minutes of the quarter, so. No, I got away from that. Early. <laughs> I got away from that early in my professional career because I was like, "All right, if my main thing is going to be defense to start, like I don't need to make this any harder on myself to make in the league than I than it already is." Why do you think casual fans try to claim that NBA players uh, don't play defense? I know I've only been to a few games and been down close, and, and all I ever thought the whole time was it would be absolutely impossible to score one bucket against you guys. Like how hard you play, how long everybody is, and the shots you guys hit are like the shots that we take on our driveway messing around that are are impossible. And they're your – like your guys' just normal, average, everyday shot. Yeah, I mean, people don't realize – like they watch the game on TV and it moves really slow on TV, right? You get courtside and you see how strong everybody is, how big everybody is, how fast they move. Like, these are some of the best athletes in the world. Like, we, we kind of forget about that when you see it on TV. You know, you, you, you almost uh, cartoonize it a little bit to where it's like, all right, this isn't real life. Dude, these dudes are killers. Like, they're here for a reason. They pay them $30 million a year for a reason. They're not just out here just because. And that's, that's part of it, too, is, like, you can practice offense as much as you want in the offseason, right? Like, I can go shoot 10,000 shots in, in – two days or do whatever I got to do. I can only do so much to work on defense, right? Like I can't, I'm not going to like call Steph and Dane, but like, Hey dude, let me guard you for a couple of days this week so I can get better. It's effort, they're right? Gonna be like, they're not, well, first of all, they're not going to answer. Second of all, they're going to be like, get out of my, like get out of my phone. It's just, it's just one of those things, man, where offense is always going to rule the world. You know, that's part of the reason why, you know, they change the foul rules every year. They try to make it more entertaining for fans. Like, people want to see offense. People don't want to see 2000s Pistons versus Spurs where it's 75 to 80. Love. Yeah. Or, Those games blow. Personally, I, I think there's an, there's, a, there's an art to that, and I love watching it. But oh, yeah. No, yeah. fans don't love that. Uh, are you staying out of the paint if John Morant has a, you know, full run-up and lead there? Because he said, and I quote, I'm not scared to go up on anybody. Mm-hmm. He, he just goes up. He feel it feels like he's a different player than anybody else, and he's kind of coming into his own. Why do you think that is? And is he a type of player that is like impossible to guard? You think? Yeah, I mean, there, there are certain aspects of his game that it's just like, all right, once he gets to a certain like, it's like Zion. They're two different bodies, but it's the same thing. It's like once they get to their launch pad, it's kind of over. You know, like once they get to their spot and they're like either side by side or next to you, like they're a better athlete than everybody else that they're guarding. (laughs) They're just going to hang in the air, adjust, and then lay the ball in. And so that's one of the things where it's like, uh, well, first of all, to answer your question, no, I'm not going to jump with him. (laughs) Two, I'm probably going to be guarding him. So like if he gets by me, my teammate's going to be the one that's got to make the business decision if they're going (laughs) to So, So they they need to do some film and realize that's a bad idea. But – no, nah, dude. There's certain, yeah. There's certain guys in the league. This is my rule on trying to block shots or take a charge. I have to be there first. If I'm not there first, I'm not making a play. Because if you're not there first, if you're if you're late to contest a shot and you're not a seven footer that's like 
Bouncy or Jared Allen or like JaVale McGee or Rudy Gobert, like I'm, you're going to lose that. You're going to lose that that altercation and, and it's probably gonna end up on sports center bleacher report house of highlights like, oh omar's gonna get you he gonna uh, get you yeah. omar's gonna get you i mean that is 100 real last question here and we can't thank you enough for joining us unless zito's got one for him zito. i got my moment in yeah zito fuck chris now hey all right thanks for your loyalty <laughs> hey did, do your coaches want you to contest every dunk yeah well i mean of course they do but what do you i mean Sometimes, sometimes it's better to just give them the two points than the and one, and let's just take the ball out of the net and go down and, and get it back the next time. And guess uh, what? They're going to score again, too, bro. Yeah. There's a chance they're going to score <laughs> yeah. again. Yeah. Probably, points. You know, you, you give up 25 points a quarter, that's a good quarter. That's amazing, isn't it? That's what you're going back to with everybody loves offense. Speaking of offense, a man who's just a triple-double machine if he was ever to play, and you mentioned his name there. Zion Williamson is the guy, right? You you agree with that, obviously, is what it sounds mm-hmm. like. Let's get him on the court. Yeah, that'd be saying, nice. And what are they talking about with this ramp-up phase? What is this thing? Have you heard about this before? You guys have to go one-on-zero, one-on-one, then two-on-one, then two-on-two, then three-on-two, then three-on-three. Well, not, not as many numbers, but, yeah, it's wow. essentially that. You know, it's like one-on-oh workouts to one-on-one, and you might play, like, some half-court two-on-two, half-court three-on-three, and then eventually you get into five-on-five full court. But I mean, honestly, it's 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 case by case, you know. Like he's a big dude; he puts a lot of weight on that foot, a lot of force when he jumps. You saw the clip of him bending the the court and whatever gym they were in when he when he took off the dunk. Like he's just he's a freak, you know, in the best way possible. He's like Giannis, where they're just physically gifted. And when you're the number, well, he was number one pick, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, so when you're the number one pick and you're coming off of an injury like that and you're supposed to be the franchise player for the next decade, they're going to do everything they can to make sure you're 100% before they put you back out on the court. Because if you get hurt again, now all of a sudden that year they just wasted their number one pick and they're just you know back into it. That Pelicans team, though, if they got Zion back, they're going to be they're going to be a problem. You know, CJ McCollum's a killer. Bi's a killer. Great on TV, CJ. They got great. They got great young young wings in in Herbert Jones and uh in the uh, Murphy kid. I I like I like the the setup of that team a lot. You know, from a third party perspective. Last question for me, and I don't know if AJ has one or not. Uh, did you play hoops when you were in jail? <laughs> No, no, I didn't. Did you go out to the yard? No, I, didn't, I, didn't it, I, didn't, I didn't. I didn't make it to the changing room or the, or the cell. I just went straight to uh, to booking and then got out of there. Well, congrats. Me too. I, I mean, I had to sit in a cell there for about a couple hours, but what a moment for you there. It, yeah. That's nightmare going through airport, forgetting to check a pocket. I'm never never going back through through College Station Airport again. They, my own people let me down. It'd <laughs> <laughs> be your own people, man. Uh, the enemy's always within your own camp. We're happy that you joined our camp here today. You're the best, dude. Uh, hopefully you'll come back sometime soon. Enjoy the off season. Hopefully you get on Spanish Oaks too. Hopefully they say your money's good here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you need to make a call, I'll, I'll give you the number. I'm not fucking the golf people hate me. Enforcer. You're the enforcer. That's what you do. Well, you got the bat. You got the. Listen, if you see me with this in Tahoe, just know the fucking hammer time's coming. You hit the ball a long way, what, I assume, huh? What, what's your. Yeah, I mean, when it goes straight, yeah. You shot 81, you're one under through eight holes. Shut the fuck up. You're a good golfer. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you're a good golfer. I don't need to hear it. You're a good golfer. That's what it sounds like. I can be. On some good days, I can I can play golf. 
Like Tahoe, you think he'll play well? AJ's a veteran at this thing. He thinks he's going to win it every single year. He hasn't yet. Well, I know I'm not going to win it. Maybe. You got to put three good days together, you yeah. can. There's there's dudes that are scratch golfers out there that are going to shoot like three under, four under. Marty like Fish. Like I'm not worried about winning the thing. I just want to go positive. I want to have positive points. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Drink good some goal. beer. Have a good time. Oh, positive you got, points. You'll be boozing a little bit out there? What? Hey, it's the off season, right? I, I can't do it during the year, so. I'll be boozing a little bit, too. What? Why? I think we'll be College Station airporting, too, maybe. <laughs> no, not you, obviously. Not you. No, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Maybe me, though. Maybe me. Oh, if it's yeah, we got to no strikes left. Hey, we, <laughs> we appreciate you so much, man. Enjoy the off season. Enjoy the shoot around this afternoon. I appreciate it, guys. I'll talk to you all soon. Ladies and gentlemen, Alex Bruce. Yeah! Very good at basketball. Yeah. Think, think about how much fun that has to be to walk in any pickup game. All right, I'm going to fucking probably score all 11 points in this game here if I wanted mm-hmm. to on anybody in here. It's like what J.J. Reddick said when that one, when he was just shooting around by yeah. himself and that one guy was talking shit to him. Yeah, one okay. and his friends, right? <laughs> yeah. It was him and friends. Yeah. I beat every motherfucker 11-zip in that gym and then walked out of there. It's awesome. Also, just assuming, like, from watching games, a guy is probably 6'2", 6'5". You know, <laughs> he walks around to the 6, probably 6'6", six, six with shoes on. Huge. Like, Monster. Yeah. That is so tall. 6'5 is so tall. In All real- basketball players, like you think you see him on TV, oh, I got a 6'1, and he's 6'7. Like stuff like that happened. And also, like a lot of basketball players, their waist is like 22 inches around. And then there's giant shoulders, big arms. Tatum. It's, yeah, they're all in great shape usually. Too. Tatum has become, and Steph as well. Steph has become an absolute stallion. They, they talked about his conditioning, his cardio. But Tatum is a, he's an hourglass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like when you watch highlights from his first or second year, like compared to what he is now, he is fucking yoked. LeBron has transformed his body too completely. Oh, yeah. Twice. Okay, excited to see what Zion does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's going to have to, I think. Yeah. And I don't want to be the one to say it because we're big Zion guys, yeah. but I think he's going to have to <laughs> yeah. do that. Yeah, his rookie year, though, even when they showed like, you know, from like photo day or whatever, he was fucking shredded up too. He was, well, LeBron was also. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yoked, but he. He slimmed yeah, down. Yeah, he needs to stay shredded and slimmed yeah. down. That's a long season, dude. Well, Miami's, like, real strict on I, I think in, in Miami, with Spolstra and Pat Rowe, they, like, test their body fat daily, like, hydration. Like, they're they're dead serious on all this. That's a, The discipline mm-hmm. that it takes to play 82 games at a high cardio, I mean, that is I, – I don't think I could do it for well, – So much running. So much running. Like, Kawhi Leonard, he never went – like, he never really went, like, the big route. He's just always just been, like, kind of a physical freak. Yeah. With hands that are size of yeah. this piece of paper, mm-hmm. toilet paper or toilet seat hands. All right, big shout out to Caruso, Rappaport, Rupper for joining us. Uh, there's a hockey game tonight. There we're, Let's go. we're betting on Tampa, I believe. Is go Bolts. Go Bolts. Told us, go AJ. We'll see you tomorrow, pal. I don't. Tomorrow, I told you, but I got to go to the, my uh, the golf thing, my first event of the year. Uh, you son of a bitch. bitch! Come on. I know. Believe me, I told you this a couple weeks ago. No, you didn't. Yeah, I'm sure I remember. You know, I'm sure I'm putting exact dates on when you I have to go to your little cult party. Fuck, I'm telling you right here. Is this going to be your first round of the year? Yeah, but it's a scramble, but I'm sure I'll be striping it. <laughs> okay. Good luck out there, pal. We appreciate you. We'll see you on Monday. To the boys, you guys were great. Hammer Don is next at YouTube.com forward slash Hammer. Don. Can't wait to chat with you tomorrow. Thank you, everybody. Bye.
Shining down a race of gold. 